0: Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 58. Tonight, the two manlings got their friend Greg Dan from England to call in in the middle of the night to talk about Games Day. And all the stuff that he liked that you saw the pictures of and said was crap. And after that, the two manlings are going to talk about their narrative campaign, where the disgusting green skins go up against the unholy undead. We'll see how that crap turns out too. Now shut it! I'm listening to me show.
1: Welcome to the Garage, you tools. I'm your co-host, Chris Yu.
0: And I'm Abraham Lincoln. Hey there, Gettysburg. <laughs> <laughs> you said you weren't going to do that. I kind of keep doing it. I I'm not. I, I'm no longer doing the other
1: one, the one I put to rest. Skip Stevenson or that's, that's him. Outrageous? No, we're not doing Outrageous. <laughs> All right, moving on.
0: <laughs> Episode 58, 58, 58. 58. 58.
1: Fifty-eight.
0: That's the song today. All right. I think I'm just going to sing the numbers because I can't come up with any decent There's rhymes. no
1: rhyme- word that rhymes with eight, is there? Oh, there's plenty of words that rhyme with eight. Is great. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the problem is every ten episodes, we're recycling the same song. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only so much we can do on the rhyming front. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, no, I – you know the cartoon Animaniacs? Yeah. There was one episode where they meet Abraham Lincoln. And he's having trouble writing the Gettysburg Address. You know, sometimes they had stuff they sure. threw an education like, stuff, and they met him there. And they're like, "What have you got so far?" And he goes, "Well, here's what I wrote." And then he just, "Hi, Gettysburg. I'm Abraham Lincoln." And they got the whole animation, so he's got this big smile on his face, and it just really cracked me up to no end. And like, is that where the Abraham Lincoln stuff is coming from? Yes, <laughs> <From> animania. <laughs> very
1: interesting peer into the mind, works of your mind.
0: <laughs> no, that's not. It's what kind you of scary. Yeah. Oh goodness. All right, so. Uh, as always, we need to take a moment and thank our sponsors, the people who make
1: this show possible. Let us take a moment to thank our sponsors Unique Gifts and Games, located in lovely Grays Lake, Illinois, Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana, Ursus Den Custom Painting and Sculpting, and Battle Foam, protecting your army. army.
0: All right. Yeah. All right, we don't have any real shout-outs yet. A couple Aww. of people said, hey, we're going to do a shout-out, and then they Yay. didn't do a shout-out. We, we did get some interesting voicemails, um, and we'll get to them. Oh, Speaking of voicemails, tell us about voicemail, David. We have voicemail, All right? and it's for more than just calling me when you're drunk at a tournament. its one seven five gh 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's one seven five gh show 6 and um yeah, people have been calling in with questions, uh their opinions on some of the uh you know, the the topics we've probably had. Like open versus closed lists. Jeez, talk about something that just kinda kinda blew up on our forums well, too. I would say I blow mean, up, very passionate up I opinions. mean not not blew up like in anger, but just like I didn't expect that thread to get
1: as I, much I didn't as it did. And, and it's funny because some people out there, you know, we play predominantly closed lists around here. There, some of the responses are, well, we haven't played anything but open lists. It's never occurred to us to play closed. So it just goes to show the difference in play style from region to region.
0: Yeah, and Jake and I were talking about this uh, as we were finishing up our game over, uh, at, uh, over at the Chicago Battle Bunker. At, yeah, at the Battle Bunker, which you guys will hear about that on the next episode when Jake comes on. Um, but... I just even said to him, I said, you know, because even I got a little heated when, when people were saying stuff, but it's it's so two sides of the same coin. Sure. He, you know, he sees knowing exactly what you have as maximizing his potential to win. This is where you are. This is what you're going to do. I know I can line up my best things against your best things, and it's, then it's how do we play against each other. Right. Uh, there's no surprise. how do
1: you s- – Maybe strategize, exactly. or, or maybe best guess against each other. Exactly, it's like that—that
0: yeah. that thin line between a strategy and tactics. It's right. like you know, which one are you using? Uh, and a, and a, you know, and I even said to him, I go, but for me, it's that not knowing that makes the game more fun. And he's mm-hmm. like, and he said, he goes, I'm not arguing fun. <laughs> he right. says, I'm saying that in a tournament when it's competitive, I think it's best. The more the more every player knows about what they're going to be playing against. The more it's really a test of how well they person can adapt versus
1: person mono a mono, and, I'm, st-
0: and I'm, I'm starting to see his point. I, I
1: can certainly respect the point. Yeah, but I, on the flip side, it's I guess it's the fun aspect that I can't let go of.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just for me the, the competition is always. I mean, I try to I played I try to win, but the comp the competitiveness the competition has mm. kind of always been secondary to me, mm. and it's partly because I just you know in that hardcore grit your teeth and. Sure. and take it off type of right. I'm I'm never at those tables. What well, every game is like
2: that though. Every game is regardless like that. Of what to a table you're at.
0: Right. It's just like I said, um, I guess it's that different mindset between going to a tournament with the thought that I'm going to go and I really have a chance to win it mm-hmm. and that mindset of I'm going to have a good time and to win it is not something that's really Right. I mean, granted, I'm playing to win and I want to move up onto the top table. Sure. I'm not saying I'm not I'm going there to not win. But I know there's a lot of really good players there, so when I walk in, I'm going in to do my absolute best, but having
1: fun, I think, for me is really almost... It's paramount. It's the reason why we we all play the game. It
0: really is. For hobby or or
1: competition or whatnot.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, to be honest, sometimes you go to a tournament, you start getting face stomped, and if your whole purpose in a tournament is because you're going there because you want to win the tournament, if that's your whole point... A couple of bad rounds of face stomping, and, and you were having a god awful time. have a bad day awful time. or, or a bad weekend. Or, one, or you're one of those people who just don't show up the second day because I got no chance, so I quit. And I was just like, really?
1: Have you paid for this, and you're just walking out the door? You know, I, I do have to admit, uh, and let me know what you think of this. There was an art Boys tournament several years back uh-huh. where I, I think it, it was the finals. That we played in the preliminaries, then the semifinals, and got to the finals at the Battle Bunker. Grueling process, super competitive. Uh, The first game that I was involved in, this is back in 7th edition. Right. It was a twin Star Dragon list going up against a Stegadon heavy Lizardman list. Okay. I lined everything up, declared my charges, and I was short on each charge by like an eighth of an inch. He promptly countercharged me, matched me, killed me. So it basically lost me the game. Right. And I thought, okay, well, I'm out. Why should I stay? So I packed up everything and I left. Really, Granted, this was an Art Boys tournament. I don't think anyone there was upset at having to face one less person and clawing their way up to the top. Right. But at the time, none, very few of the armies were painted. I didn't know any of the players there. Everyone was supporting a very superpower over-the-top list power build. Right. And if you lose one game, you're out. So I figured, you know, do I want to subject myself to this? So, so I did leave. Hmm. So... I'm one of those. I was one of those guys. And I think, in my opinion, in that arena, I don't think anyone lost out or no, here's was thing. disappointed it, 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 or whatever. I don't know how many people were even there. Um, it was maybe 20.
0: Yeah, see, and so, honestly, and that, and it's free. Like, you didn't have to pay to get in. I mean, right. if you're not having fun and you're at a free event, <laughs> if you walk away
1: and it's not ruining anyone else's well, chances, the thing is, it means one less person. To compete against, okay, you know, because overall the first person won like a whole a brand new army of their choice, right? Right. So it's super competitive. Or if someone is lined up against me and I don't show and they got the auto win, I'm sure they will not complain about that.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you get if you end up with the buy, then you get the buy. You know, the other people complain. Oh, you got a buy, but right, shut up, right? Yeah, I just like I said, I'm thinking more along the lines of if you're paying for a tournament and you a, show up and a you pay tournament, money to be th- yeah. this sort of thing, yeah. And then, just—I mean—I got to be honest. I mean, after I got, after I got, I got uh, pantsed by Grant on the second round of Adepticon, <laughs> I had like eight more hours of gaming where I knew I was—I com-
1: wasn't even. Uh, That's a question of mental fortitude. If you know you're in it for that many more hours, you know, and your your chances of uh, I wanted, podium I, are I, low. I
0: And I know Grant's going to feel bad when he hears this. I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit the tournament, and but it wasn't because. I had no chance. It was basically because we'd been gaming the day before. Yeah. We had the team tournament the next day. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just wanted to go and get, pick up games with friends. That the, I wanted to play more with less riding on it,
1: I, I guess. Was yeah, I mean, I that, to, that, I mean at, at that stage, you know, big tournament like Adepticon, once you commit to it, you have to stick Well, that to was it. the
0: thing. I mean, and but on the, by the same token, there was 140-some people there, mm-hmm. and was, we did have a ringer running. Had I decided to walk and just go pick up a Malifaux game against the right. Cheated Fates guys, they wouldn't have needed their ringer. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I did. I came in 143rd out of like 147 that's, or so like that. See, the,
1: the difference is
0: if I did pay for it, though, and I, I felt like if I came home and told my wife that I spent all this money to go there, you know, I bought the t- right. the the, v, the VIG pass, the, the payment to get into the tournament. Yeah, halfway through, so I said, screw it. I quit. Oh, and I, I should go pick, and pick up games with my friends. on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But see, the difference between my situation and yours if a group, if your mentality kind of spread throughout and more people took that approach, uh-huh. it'd be a serious problem to the tournament because participation would would suffer for it. Oh, sure, right. However, in the Ard boys format, if a bunch, if, if, let's say, if eighteen or nineteen people decided to quit and there was just one person remaining, he'd love it. Free <laughs> army. That's the difference, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know.
0: Night and day, two sides well, like of the Like I said, it was one. just a weird thing, and I and I stuck through it, and I had some fun games after that. I mean, hell, I got to play Hastings, yeah. And it's one of the few times I'm gonna get to play Hastings. You know, we just don't. I don't go to a lot of tournaments. We all know I do. Like I, I do Adepticon and Bits, and those are the only two that I'm pretty guaranteed sure. to do, and that's it. So. You know, or well, at least I got to play him. I have not had the chance to play any of those guys yet. <laughs> Hastings and I had one of the most fun games ever, but we were both starving. It was getting to the end of the day. Like I me, mean, I was starving. I'm wasting away to mm. skin and bones, right? But Hastings is hungry, so <laughs> is that when you ordered the pizza? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ran out, got the number to the local pizza joint. We ordered a big, you know, the, one of the deep dish Chicago sure. style pizzas. We ordered, a, stuff. we ordered a large,
3: mm.
0: <laughs> and we just sat there when they showed. Up, they just when the when the pizza showed up we we took a break because yeah. we had plenty of Take time back of the and game. Pizza. ran That's, out and we were just sitting eating pizza and playing war and he's just like this is the best nothing wrong with that yeah that was really but people were like where'd you guys get we ordered you ordered pizza in the middle of a game yeah thanks for asking me by the way jerk Um, if I recall you were in the delivery room at this point
1: you should. have you could have saved me a piece you know oh, how hungry I get <laughs> Coaching my wife in the hospital, man. Sure,
0: <laughs> push about, shove about, <laughs> way out.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: oh my god! All right, so let's go. Let's get back to this. Um, so we just talked about voicemail. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I want last episode. I wanted to. Say, I totally forgot last episode. Yeah. Uh, Big Mike, Amy's revenge on all the forums. Sure. The the From Canada. Yeah, the beautiful uh, Christmas Goblin. Army. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, he so. We were talking back and forth, and uh, I was going to send him some stuff, and I didn't know what he wanted. And he had, he had gotten a, a bunch of bloodthirsters for, like, mm-hmm. a song, apparently. And uh, so he's like, you know, I was talking about trading some stuff with him, but he was like, uh, you know, we'll figure something out. And then it sort of kind of fell to the wayside. I got busy. School started up again. And he's like, check your mail. And boom, in the mail. Bloodthirsters, Bloodthirsters. send me. A, is, I'm like, what do you? He's like, yeah, yeah, Don't worry about that. Wow. And not only that, but he sent it with candy. Nice, like some Canadian candy. Like they're like they were called Smarties. And when I think of Smarties, I think of those little, little chewy discs. These are like almost like M and M's, huh? But they're called Smarties. Huh. And it was like so funny. chewy, like Skittles. No, they're like M and M's. They're chocolate candies. But they're called Smarties. They're called Smarties. Uh, go figure. I don't know. Okay. And he sent a couple other things, but Heather loves. Like I opened the box, I'm like, "Did you want some candy?" And she looks. She's like, "He sent Smarties." And I was like, "She's like, those are mine." <laughs> she's like,
1: "Oh, so she knows them." Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, she really lo- she loves them, and they're I mean they're a little different than M Ms, I suppose, because I didn't even get any, so I can't tell you. Oh. <laughs> but well,
1: you got your blood letters. You got your demons. I get, well, exactly.
0: So I got those. You got the two, the two, uh, the t- no, not the blood letters. The two, uh, the blood, the blood, the thirsters? blood thirsters. Oh, thirsters. Yeah, yeah okay. sorry, two blood okay. thirsters. Yeah, two bloodthirsters. eating. Wow. That's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, thank you. I can't think of it. But then the candy was just like the sweetest touch because Heather hmm. Heather eats chocolate every day. Like literally, she has at least a little bit of chocolate every day. Chocoholic sure. really describes her. And when she saw all that, so I'm opening a package, and it was just like, oh, more stuff here. I mean, ooh, look, chocolate. It was Everyone Everyone was happy that day. It was wonderful. You, at, so, that,
1: at that precise moment, she should have been like, yeah, can I go to Oaxaca while you're eating that chocolate? <laughs> you got to learn to time these things. Yeah, no. And pack is already full, so. I'm just saying, while
0: she's having her chocolate high, I'm sure she'll say yes to any tournament. Oh, oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you never know until you try it. Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny how the married guys give the advice that they would never actually do themselves. Like when you were talking to Alex. Listen, just tell your wife, listen, I'm going to a tournament. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's it. It's because I can have him say it to his wife, and I don't get in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do as I say, not as mm-hmm. I do, you
0: Well, that's a very for... uh, generous gift. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it was really Mike. wonderful, and I wanted to say thank you to very it. Very nice. Um, one last thing before commercial break. We have uh, we have a correction from our last episode. Ah. Uh, I think you know about this o- one, too. Only one? I think there's only okay. one. Um, well, I mean, I guess now uh, Ryan called, and we're going to play his voicemail. Right. He definitely. called in two parts. Lord Marion. Yeah. Uh he was just giving his opinion on some of the uh special characters. And we said that uh the 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 corn special S-Scar character Scarbrand. Scarbrand. We said he had 8 attacks, but that's 8 attacks with his extra hand weapon and he's friend he actually has 9. 9 so. attacks. Uh, he can't fly, apparently. Even though the model has wings, yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't. Re- I, just I d- assumed. I didn't, yeah, I didn't pay attention that it doesn't have fly. So he pointed out a few reasons why he's not. He's he is good, but not necessarily as good as we were touting Making him out to be. Uh, the one big mistake we both made and just totally did notice is um, for Fate Weaver, mm, the magic selection. Yeah, we thought you get to choose a lore from four on the, one of four lords in this head, one of four lords in this head, and roll spells as normal. Not so. No, you just get to pick any spell. You get to pick four spells from any any combination from those four lords. Yeah. You get to try some from column A, try all from column B. A little bit
1: of life, a little bit of fire. So
0: you could be like, oh, I want to take... You you could take the Mind Razor and you could take the the Purple Sun and the... You know, whatever you want. dwellers below. I mean, what? But, Maybe but the not key dwellers. is.
1: So, when it comes to a tournament, do you have to select those spells? I would assume you'd have to select them before for the, the tournament. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, it'd be too broken.
0: Well, I mean, I honestly, yes, it would be really broken. But this is this kind of goes back to the whole Skaven thing, where it says he can. The rules in the in the red sure. book say you got to pick all your lures ahead of time and then roll for spells normally. Yeah. yeah. But the army books override, and the army book says that he can just pick.
1: T- the skaven seer can pick from yeah. one lore or the other, yeah.
0: and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I really think that allowing a, a, someone to walk up to the table of the tournament and then choose eight spells from all the lores from all the lures is yeah. High. Well, I mean, he's, personally, I would not. I would say you'd have to have your spells chosen
1: before the to tournament be, yeah, to make it fair. Yeah. but from a fluff point of view. He, that's knows awesome. every, but that's he
0: knows well. That's because he knows
1: every spell. Techless is the same. It says that before each game, he could choose a lore. And he knows it all, right? So conceivably,
0: it, when they FAQ that, they didn't.
1: They delete didn't change that. that no. no. Oh, see, well, most tos. Well, in fact, all tos that I know of rule that. Yeah, when you submit your list, you've got to put your lore. Yeah, just to keep it kind of fair. It is because that's one of the
0: things that I mean. Playing dwarfs, I never had that. And so, but I remembered, I'd walk up and it'd be like. Some guy was playing with this, and you're watching what he's playing with and the spells he's using. and Then you walk up with your army, and suddenly his guy changes. Yeah. yeah, you're like, I, whoa, I, whoa, whoa, what? And I mean, it, it, it did. I guess in the age of stupid powerful spells, being able to pick—I mean, with these devastating sixth spells—kind of nice. Getting to pick your lore every time you walk up to a game would could could be kind of broken. Not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, so, alright, so that's it. Well, listen, uh, quick break back and
1: then, um, uh, more stuff. <laughs> garage, manager. There garage,
0: we garage manager. Garage go. Garage manager. Toolbox.
1: Toolbox, okay.
2: Chaos Superstore.
0: Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Org Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get.
2: Chaos Org Superstore.
0: Chaos Org Superstore.
4: All right, welcome back to the garage, U tools. Here we are. One
0: um, well, other thing we forgot to mention, uh, Circle City Circuit has begun. Uh, I wanted to have uh, Jeff on this episode, uh, but we will have him on next episode, if, either by voicemail or something or on the show uh, to give you guys an update, because I know the first round is, I think, at the end, uh, right at the end of this month. But the Circle City Circuit has begun, and we will keep you updated because that is... Just about my favorite tournament that I never get to go to. (laughs) It's a premier event. They seem to have a lot of participation. Well, it's a six month. It's six tournaments. It's a six months of tournaments, once a month, and then you win the cycle. I mean, that's you know, that's
1: epic. We it would be great to do something like that here.
0: Oh, it would be so cool if we could do that just like once a month on a Saturday at UGG. Have one of our little three game one day tournaments, Mm -hmm. but then actually have six months of that
1: determine. Who really wins everything? Be like a uh, competitive campaign, almost yeah. right.
0: Yeah, I mean it could it could get nutty. So cool. Uh, that's that. So I guess uh, I guess we're on to the toolbox, and the toolbox, yeah. as you know, is brought to you by yes, Gasworks Superstore, Gasworks Superstore, Gasworks like Superstore. Superstore, Superstore. Yes, like Superstore. Um, oh, I want to thank Andrew Stena, too, who is a, the owner and operator of Gasworks Superstore, who has uh, supported several people. For extra life, oh, extra life is on the twentieth. By the time everybody's hearing this, there's a few days left. Um, Team Cranky, you know, Cranky put a goal of ten thousand for the team, Hmm. and I think me and Elmer and Cranky each set a goal of a thousand. I'm at like five fifty right now. I'm never going to hit a thousand. I'm doing my best. Everybody else set a goal of like a hundred, so that doesn't equal up close to ten thousand. So. I mean I mean it's a beautiful goal, but I'm like, dang. But I guess Andy Sherman, you know, he works in like some factory, I
1: believe. I've seen his tweets. Well he's got seven hundred employees. Yeah, he's well into the
0: thousands. He's walking 6. around. Six point five thousand, I thought. No, I no, think no, I saw, no, no, no. I don't think he's that high. I, I think, thought I, I thought I saw a tweet. No, I think he said six point five thousand to go. I mean our ten thousand dollar goal. We we're
1: Oh, is that, is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, no. Okay. He's been
0: going around to his employees, and he's going to totally be on, on the top for this. I tried this with it, but uh, apparently English teachers are all a bunch of broke-ass <laughs> bastards. Because, But he went around and basically said, listen, we're trying to raise $10,000. Anything you can give is great. And people just handed him cash, and he was marking them down. And then at the end of the day, he goes in and does it himself. And then, But under the comments, you can put a comment. He lists every, don- every donor and how much donated. they donated okay, very so cool. that there's at least a record of the people. But it's like, yeah, every day he goes. And he's like, I have seven hundred employees. If he hits up ten or fifteen a day, that's still gonna take that's him pretty good. It's still gonna take him a month to go through them all. Just and he's been getting a ton of money for. I mean, he does. He's. I mean, he's raised almost two grand by himself. I think.
1: Just think if he could just tap into that man, that workforce to paint armies. Yeah, he could crank them out. He or could have teach them how to roll dice. Uh, so there's like, so much dice, but just the prime stuff, like <laughs> mold lines and ah, assemble stuff. Yeah,
0: there's got to be someone there who's got a literature background. Someone could teach him to pronounce things. The <laughs> thing, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, this kid, we love you. I tease, I tease, I kid, I kid. So, um, so
1: that's extra life. So that's coming up.
0: Yeah, extra life, extra life dot org. If anyone else wants to help out, any of anybody, whether you're helping out. Cranky Lawyer or Andy Christopher is still doing this. Um, There are still spots, too, if you are living in the area and you want to come and play against us. Uh, I mean, if you can just come in and play if we've got time. But right now we've actually had our first two three-hour segments have been booked. Okay. So uh, 11 to 2 and 2 to 5 are booked out with uh, people wanting the game against us. 11
1: a.m. to 2 in the afternoon. Yes, and then then 2 to 5. 2 to
0: 5. Uh, uh, have been have been booked okay uh, and, and how much is it to We we asked that someone I mean this is going for charity we sure. asked that you donate $25
1: and that will get you That's a like three a, hour block
0: a three hour block okay. uh, pick between one of the two, whichever of us you want to do it with sure because um, we're both under Team Crank you can find me or Christopher donate to to one of us and then just uh, send us a you know a message either on the forum or an email at our at the show mm-hmm. hey you know this is the time I'd like to block out and uh that way we're that, that that's guaranteed and it's whatever you want to play that's cool. the whole point so we're actually both going to be playing um warhammer we got two basically uh two two games of warhammer set up mm-hmm. uh each of us for the first uh, they want to play against Chris's dwarfs on my VC so nice Least a couple of games, of Warhammer, to start the day. There you go. Do it right. Book it early because by the time we hit the three, four o'clock in the morning, getting towards that 11 o'clock in the, the morning, graveyard shift. Dude, seriously, God, Chris and I were like, yeah, we're going to play War. Or <laughs> Thumb <laughs> Rustle. Checkers. Something
1: that's. <laughs> I Spy. Exactly. So. <laughs> I don't know. You'll be tired. That's an easy play. game to play. Rock paper scissors, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I am bringing the recording equipment though because I talked to Chris and I said, seriously, the beginning of the recording will be fun, but I got a feeling that as we're finishing Towards up the games end. going in the wee hours, whose turn is it? There's going to be some comedy gold in there. <laughs> what game are we playing? <laughs> All right, so let's get onto the toolbox here. Yeah. So, any news and rumors? Um, well, I mean, some stuff's come out. Oh, in fact, just today they announced the uh, you'll be able to get the cast Space Marine Codex on the iPad, which we knew was coming, but it hadn't been posted officially until. announced. Okay, that's well, cool. Well, they
1: released the book first, you know. Well, it bodes well for fantasy. I like to. Well, I look forward to what they uh, do. I'm looking
0: forward to it. I actually, I'm. I mean, I want. I've been. I've wanted an iPad for a while. And now I really want an iPad if I could get a lot of these. I things want on there.
1: one too. In fact I need one for, for work for the nature of what I do for work. Right. If my blessed clients would just pay me, then I can maybe get one. Oh, there you go. So pay Chris
0: you deadbeats. There you go. He needs an iPad. I do. Uh but the Chaos Space Marine book came out. I've been flipping through it. I picked it up. Uh it's 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 it's, it's a really nice book. I mean it's it's another high quality full colour. Sure. Uh, I don't understand everything I'm reading when they break it up into the rules and the different weapons and things you can get but uh do they still have
1: noise marines?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in fact you can buy the uh you can buy the little you know bits packs through the through GW to get the uh those the big the guns for the, the noise g- marine conversion packs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, till you read Fulgrim if you get that far into the series for uh Horus Heresy and you they see They come into play well, I mean Fulgrim, yeah, that's when cuz his whole army is like they they fell to slanesh, and okay. uh it, it the book is vulgar and disgusting in parts. I mean like really like no, beyond just, over I the like top that.
1: gross. Like God. I would go ew. Which book number is that?
0: Uh, I believe it's 5. So pretty well the in 5th book. Correct. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh yeah, you see the 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 no- the creation of the Noise Marines and things mm. like that
1: and It's really cool. It sounds (laughs) cool. Well, we'll talk more horse heresy.
0: Yeah, later. Later.
1: So um, what have you been doing as far as the building and hobbying? Well, you know, I've not so much building and hobbying with our team challenge that we just finished. Right. We've been doing a lot of uh, ramp up for that, uh, hammering out rules and and getting things uh, lined up for that. So painting and modeling has been a little bit on the hiatus for me, although... With Adepticon having announced the championships going to two day, possibly 2,400 points, team championships going to Friday, and maybe possibly I hear a rumor that they could be 1,200 per person. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm kind of strategizing in terms of what I should build towards that. Strategery. Some
0: strategery. 2,400 would make me happy. 2,200 was a bit of a tight list for me. Uh, 2,200
1: was nice because it's different. Yeah. You know, it makes you cut certain things. and You don't get everything you want. Yeah, it's true.
0: I mean, I'm getting to the point now. After that 4K slobber knocker, I just want to play monstrous huge games. That's so much fun. Just shoving giant armies across the field. I'm
1: willing to play uh, some big games. I need to recover after you killed me in that one, though.
0: Uh, That was a little bit of luck on my part. I I metagamed you a bit.
1: Uh, A little bit. We'll have to play another one. uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I've been working towards building kind of an all-shooty goblin army, maybe a lot of trolls. Uh, I, I've been one thing I have been working on that I put on the uh, back burner, which I might pull it back up. Is a unit of goblin wolf chariots that I've been heavily converting, uh, trying to get that into shape. So it's, it's board chariot chassis with the new Fenrisian wolves. Oh, okay. And a bunch of goblin crew thrown on there. And some, so I'll, I'll, I should have brought that for you to show, but I don't think you've seen that yet. No, I haven't. But uh, that, I, I stopped working on that quite a while ago. But now that my Adepticon is coming back up. And I might use that. That's kind of coming back into the fray. Oh, the other thing is, I've been toying with, should I jump into a third army? But I just don't know what that was. Nothing is grabbing me yet. Really? Especially with all these uh, rumored new books coming out. I don't know if that's going to push me away or draw me closer to, the, to that particular book. Whether it's warriors or wood elves or are demons. All, or are whatnot. all of your high, high elves and, and orcs and goblins painted? No. In fact, with green skins, I've, done, I've been doing heavy orcs uh-huh. lately. So I'm going to go the other way and go heavy goblins. Okay. And try to fill that out. Do all the things that I haven't used and I haven't painted. it's kind of a different army in some respects. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try that and see that see where that takes me.
0: I would say yeah. Then then don't bother going with another army yet, especially because yeah, I know you've been talking about how you know high elves have been your army since I've known you. But I think right. they've they've gone they they taken their course. They've gone to second place.
1: Oh yeah, for me for sure. Yeah, they've they've
0: taken a second place. Orcs
1: and goblins has become your your it's so much more fun for me. But, you know, maybe the timing will work out. So I'll do Goblins for the foreseeable future. Hiles are rumored to come out in spring of 2013. So maybe that will be a good time to change. That may rekindle your interest. It could. It could. So, yeah, just keep working on what you've got. I
0: mean, that's basically, I mean, that's why. I mean, everyone's like, when, you know, I've already been at, you know, you said you were going to take your VC for a year. And it's been, like, almost two. And I'm like. Mm. Well, if uh, you like it. I'm having fun and I'm still. Plugging away at the painting, I want right. to get this army fully get painted, and then I can put it aside because I'll need to start painting something else. But mm-hmm. I think that's a good judge for me of mm-hmm. I'm going to keep playing it until I can get it painted and built. You know, see
1: what I can do with it. It's interesting because uh, Dave Tishnai, who you met over our, our on our team challenge, who yeah. was our sixth man, he's a big time 40k player. He's got I don't know five six different armies. Uh-huh. He was telling me the other day that every single miniature of every army he owns, all painted. Every single one.
0: Well, sure. You just take all those space frames, you paint them blue, and then put a little edging on them, and all no, right? No, 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 not quite that. Even if you did that, no, I'm just joking. I mean, yeah, everything. No, you know,
1: Tyranid mean, and Eldar. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good accomplishment. I agree.
0: I I don't have one army that has every single model. I, painted. I don't either. I have tons of stuff that's not even all those high elves. Oh yeah, tons of
1: stuff that's not painted.
0: Yeah, so you know, keep plugging away on your Ork and Gobbles goblins and your high elves till an army, till totally an army. Jumps army out yeah, un- it, yeah. un- unless you're out of models to paint. Mm. Keep working with what you got till something grabs well, you. Otherwise, you're going to be like me, with,
1: with, a, with a store in your back storage room. <laughs> it is a lot of stuff down here. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think if it gets to the point where both armies are no longer fun to play, that's definitely the time to get a new one. Oh, yeah. Painting is one thing, but playing is totally different. Absolutely. So that's uh, been me on the hobby side. How about you? Uh, I totally failed my hobby challenge. You failed. My okay, commitment. so remind the listeners what was the hobby? Challenge? I was going
0: to paint my uh, bat swarms and my fell bats. Uh, I never even got the fell bats primed. I just oh, didn't man, get it utter around. failure. Nah, yeah. Well, that and that's part well, of. I demand is, you fall on your sword right now. Oh well, gee whiz, thanks. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I did get the uh, bat swarms. I got I got the bats painted. Uh, I just have to do the basing and do the the little tombstone that's on each one. Okay. I just. I just I didn't have the the time or the desire to pull out all the paints and just, for me it's it's the actual setup time mm-hmm. and takedown time for painting because I have to put everything away when I'm done sure. I can't leave the paints out with 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 my daughters around it's it's like I have to seriously commit to
1: set up and take down set up and take down well, don't you every have time. a tray that holds all your paints that you're using that you can just Put yeah, up on a I, yeah, and
0: I, and I do, but it's still another thing where it's 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 just that. I basically I've been doing I've been building because I can build for ten. I just put stuff down, and sure. you can just with building you can pick it up for fifteen minutes, clip a few models, put not a so glue. much
1: painting because the paint will dry exactly. Yeah, you got to get water out.
0: And this week, last week, Heather was out of town for work all week, so it was I was constantly running the kids around, mm. uh, and even when I wasn't, we were upstairs. Like normally, I'm down here in the basement, you know, doing hobby and stuff. But with Heather not being home, once I put the girls to bed, if someone's not upstairs, like in our room watching mm-hmm. TV, somewhere in the within earshot, mm-hmm. they won't go to bed. Uh, so I was up in my room watching TV up there. I was like, okay, well, I could build models up here, but I am not going to sit on the bed with a paint tray and paint just in case, bed, case no. something spills, yeah. you know? But I did get a lot done. Um, I built the 20 ghouls that I had left in my uh, Kickstarter from mm-hmm. Kings of War. I built all 50 of the skeletons, for the mantic skeletons for Kings of War. I built 10 of the Revenant skeletons, which are like the Grave Guard. Um, That's 80. That's 80 models. Uh, No, yeah, 80. I've got 20 uh, Revenant uh, left. I'm going to... It's 100. Yeah. I'm going to leave the 40 zombies I got with the Kickstarter pack. I'm just going to leave them on the sprue off to the side. I have... Are you, are you zombied out? You know, uh, it's. I've got a lot of other stuff to do. I have two hundred and ten zombies. If I can't make that be you enough, could have right 260. now, two hundred and sixty. I could have two fifty. I can only. I got forty more. Two fifty. No, forty more. Okay. It's a nice round number. It is. I had this whole Twitter argument. You saw me going yeah. on. I had. You know, plus the the way in Kings of War, the you know, I I have two hundred fifty. Well, two hundred forty would be four endless hordes. And uh, so then, if I'm going to build two forty, I might as well build the last ten, right? So, <laughs> yeah, of course. But I said I'm going to settle. I'm going to settle for three endless hordes and one regular horde. Two ten, I think, is enough. I've I've not run out of zombies in a game yet. If I do, I will certainly. The next day will be cutting Plugging away
1: at more zombies, huh?
0: But for now, I think that I mean there's other parts of my army that that are just as much in need of paint. Do you enjoy? It sounds like you enjoy the building aspect more than the
1: painting aspect.
0: Oh, I do I do yeah. enjoy the building a little more than the the building and the basing and getting the you know getting the little glue and the rocks sure. down getting it ready and then primed up to that's all really fun. I don't I, I it's not that I dislike painting, it's just for me I can grab a sprue and some glue and a file and a clippers and just go at it. Sure. And if I got 5 S- minutes or 2 hours, yeah. yeah. Whereas with painting it's it's I mean and, and you know me, when I get into it, once I've gotten it set up and I start, mm-hmm. I don't want to stop. I mean, I will paint for six to eight hours at a time. I mean, I
1: was doing that with the zombies. I mean, what yeah. I spent six you know, to eight hours at a time. Yeah, that's a solid stretch. Yeah, yeah, you are fortunate to get such a big block of time of uninterrupted painting. Well, sure, hard. you start, start at hard eight. In do? The m- well, yeah, I start about eight in the evening once the kids are down?
0: Yeah, and you go till six in the morning. Well, well, no, that would be ten hours. Okay, well, four in the morning sometimes. Yeah, it depends. If I am painting, if I am into it, and I am just going and plugging away. So you sleep for. Two hours and then back up again. Well, I mean, this would be on a weekend or a Friday night. Still, when I don't have to get up as early. You still have
1: to get up. You still have to get up. Kids yeah. aren't gonna leave I can, you alone. I can
0: get by on three to four hours for a day or two. Wow, um, that's not, no not me. I need my seven eight hours. Oh, see, no, I I get about I get right now. I just sleep about five
1: hours a night uh, on a good yeah, night. I can't I can't do it. Yeah. I'm like a Ferrari. I need my my sleep precision. You're machine.
0: like a Ferrari. You need your sleep. What I'm, the I'm hell is that mean? machine? Uh, I oh I get it. See, I just, you know, I'll just take a nap on my lunch break.
1: Right, yeah, I can't do. It. I'm, a, I'm a wreck. If I don't have my sleep, I'm a wreck. Oh, see,
0: I'm a totally short, short sleep and a power nap in the middle of the day, and I'm, I'm golden. Hmm. I will, I will, I'll be at work, and it'll be lunchtime, and no one's in my classroom. I'll close the door. I've Got the chair that leans back. I'm kind of in the corner. I lean it back. Mm-hmm. The lights are off. I set my mm-hmm. alarm on my phone for five minutes before mm-hmm. the
1: bell rings. Forty minutes uninterrupted, boom, I'm ready to go for the rest of the day. And then I see like a transition of a dream sequence of you and animaniacs jumping around in your head. <laughs> <laughs> hey Gettysburg <laughs> Oh
0: geez, gonna do that again. <laughs> but so um So a lot of building on your end. Oh so. and I built the pieces. I, I got oh, for the campaign. Yeah, I got my uh the the Warmaster uh stuff from GWs uh from their specialist games.
1: And these are to represent our mm-hmm. m- different our armies, armies yeah. on our map.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, basically I took 20 millimeter round bases, I took the War Master bits that come in the package. I just bought I bought a bunch of different packages of characters. I bought an Orc and Goblin mm-hmm. character pack, uh, the Warriors of Chaos one.
1: Actually, I bought the Korn Demon one, so it had the, the Demon Prince. The on demon prince so Let me just it, say, that Demon Prince is the biggest of the lot. Yeah. So psychologically and visually, it's just huge compared to my
0: Goblin one. Well, I mean, but a Demon Prince is bigger than a Goblin. I mean, it should be, you know? And it's all wings. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we're to I'm going to get them painted up, and then we'll, they'll each be on the board. And so you'll have a, an actual piece on the board to, showing
1: where your general's at at any given time. When are we going to get more details on the narrative campaign? I'm curious to find out about uh,
0: it. After Extra Life. Ah. Uh, I've, I haven't had time to sit and think about it. Fair enough. Between getting ready for the... Team Challenge. Team uh, Challenge. And, I mean, basically, between... Extra Life on October 20th and Adepticon, mm. I don't have another tournament. So or you're wide open. I am going to be painting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get most of the VC everything finished, mm. all 10,000 points of it. And I'm also going to get the Kings of War stuff done hopefully by then too. Have you picked out what you're going to do for Adepticon? I haven't seen a schedule yet well, until I see a schedule. Assuming
1: they do the team challenge on Friday, do you – have a team member lined up? Or are you going to do that? I don't have a team member lined up. Okay, um, I team with you, but it's usually me and Alex Dikatenko.
0: And you guys have done that. For, that's why I haven't asked you. Mm-hmm. You and Alex have done it for so long. Yeah. Why would I try to n- muscle in on that? I know Harrison is supposed to possibly play with Grant if he can get off us. If I if if I can call him into school that day. Mm-hmm. Um, it really. I, I mean, I really want to do the Mantic. Kings War tournament. Sure. I really want to play in that. So it depends on what day that, that is. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. Mike said, I said, I love going to Adepticon. I love playing. But I am afraid to commit to stuff at this point because even last year, I was only in two – turn. I took two classes, two tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I was – not only exhausted, but I felt like all the people that I said, "Yeah, let's get a pickup game here. Let's yeah. get a pickup game there." Could, it's hard to make that. I happen. had to ca- I I had to cancel on all of them. I was too damn tired. What were the classes that you took, and how were they? Uh, one was on airbrushing, which was a fantastic one, and one was supposed to be on hand detail painting, but the lady had to cancel. Oh, so that then sucks. the the class that they offered was uh, that guy, Mister Justin from Secret Weapon Miniatures, okay. and it was on uh, using the. The pigments, the... uh, Like powdered? The powdered stuff. Okay, how was that?
1: It was cool. It was
0: interesting. Um, If I ever do start building like 40K vehicles... I'm gonna, I know how to make that rusty stuff and how to make
1: it work now. It was very cool. You can still transfer that to fantasy stuff, right? Rusted Black Knights or whatever?
0: Sure. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, but now that I've seen how it,
1: how it works, it's very cool. It's
0: not difficult.
1: I've always toyed with the idea of taking classes, but it it always means, okay, then I can't participate in this event or that tournament or whatever. But it sounds like it's well worth it. I looked for, the, the the classes are great.
0: Um, if you just sit down and listen to someone who knows what they're doing, and they're explaining it, and they're doing a little demo yeah. for you, it's so cool. Um, I know, like I said, November twelfth, I think, is when they it opens. It's mm-hmm. like at five p.m. or something like mm-hmm. that. And I am totally going to be right in front of my computer at five o'clock. Sure, like that's the minute it opens. Get a VIG ticket
1: because that's totally worth it. You're going VIG again?
0: Yeah, and then uh, and sign up for classes quick because that some of that stuff fills up in in. Minutes, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially the classes from these these really good painters, because mm-hmm. I still want to take a freehand painting class for this. Mm. I still, I, wanted, I wanna I want to learn how to do that. Sure, I've got all these cool blank shields from Mantic. I've got all these cool, uh, you know, all my armies with all these guys with their display banners, and I got nothing on them. And then you look at some of these guys, you know, Hastings that 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 BSB for that the, the Ortonians, Ortonians with the yeah. giant bore on it yeah, is yeah. just. I'd like to have something like that. and
1: uh, Well, yeah, I think you, you have to take it in stages, you know, learn in stages. You're not going to sure. right away be a –
0: No, I'm going to take one class, and I'm going to win a
1: Golden Demon. Didn't you know? Oh, one, one class. That's huh? how it works. That's, that is a good class. That's
0: the Adepticon guarantee.
1: That's wow. why I don't understand what or you doing. Guys... Or your money back, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so my hobby commitment for the next show, uh, I'm going to go light, and I'm going to say – I'm actually going to scratch the finishing, committing to painting anything. I, mm-hmm. October, I have no time to paint in October. Hmm. But I am going to finish building the few things I have left to build. I'm going to finish building the 20 uh, revenant skeletons mm-hmm. for Kings of War. And I'm going to finish building the last of my skeletons and my other corpse cart Okay. for next episode. Well, so, I
1: think I'll join you on the hobby commitment. I, if I can get that unit of three converted goblin wolf chariots done... That will be my goal.
0: Okay. So now, you want to do? Oh, you know what I'm thinking. We're recording a week from tomorrow. Our next episode because yeah. this is due out in like two days. We do you, do you want to? Are you sure you want to commit all three oh, of those? Oh, we only get
1: one week then. You
0: know, we've only got a week. Let's do this. I'm 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 committing the same thing I just committed, mm-hmm. but for ep, it's going to be this is episode 58 for episode 60. Okay. I will report on the progress next week, and if I've got enough done, maybe I'll boost it or change it. Sure. But I, I know I'm not going to get it all done in a week. So this is I'm putting in the commitment for twenty of those, twenty of those, and it's about forty. I'm going to get about forty models built mm. uh, before episode sixty. Um, and I'm shooting for three. Well, but so. yeah, they're conversions. <laughs> I'm just uh, yeah. So we'll see how it pans out. So, but yeah. that's our commitment. And that'll be good. We can we can report on our progress next yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. accountability. Okay, if that's all the uh, if that's all the hobbying either of us have done, why don't we uh, just take another short break, come up, and wrap up with the uh, toolbox? Sounds good. with the With the other the other <laughs> stuff. Okay. Great.
1: Hey, Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer family games, board games. You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A uh, place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual stuff. You gifts.
0: mean unparalleled offerings and fun?
1: Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too.
0: Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but... Uh, Located in historic downtown Lake, Illinois... UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but, miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right? But things supernatural. I understand. It's but, all here. Okay, but with listen, frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or, or visit yeah. them online at uniquegg.com.
1: dot You could have just told me about unique gifts and games.
0: Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents, and happy fun
1: time. All right, that's enough. So we're back. Yes, we are. Welcome back to the Garage U-Tools. So what other things have you been up to outside of actual painting and hobbing? I haven't even been watching very much because
0: The Matrix has been in heavy rotation at my house. Harrison has discovered The Matrix, and it's like always on. Um, And so is Point Break for some reason. That's been on. I've never seen that movie. It's so cheesy, but it's so much fun. Hmm. If you like, I mean, it's it's a good popcorn movie. It's stupid, but it's fun. Okay. Um, I did finish Fallen Angels which is book uh, 11 or 12 11 for the horse heresy 11 right um good it, it was good it was much better than Descent of angels um okay. book 6
1: don't tell me too much cuz i'm still oh, getting but there. it's
0: a, it's about the dark angels okay and the story it's it's literally it's not a complete story oh you have on, touched yeah, on this before. It, I right? was rather disappointed because it, it was a lot of a lot of buildup and mm. no payoff because the story. I, I didn't realize it was going to be that much of a cliffhanger, and then five books later mm. you get the next story, and this one was another one that was mm. really good. And This one was actually much better. I think I think th- I think Fallen Angels much better than Descent of Angels.
1: Um, but We're, once again, ends with a ton of questions, more questions than answers. Again, now we had. Discussed this on Twitter a little bit in that when I started reading the second book, I didn't realize it was a different author. Yes, is it a different author every single book, or are any of the authors do they reappear? Oh, sure. Okay, I
0: think Dan Abnett's written three or four of them,
1: and they do that for their production schedule to kick out more books yes. more often.
0: Yeah, uh, one of the things that I've I've heard and I've heard interviews is that they'll get the six authors who are writing books for the Horus Heresy that year. Mm-hmm. And they will sit and they'll work as a group, sort of plotting out storylines and I things, see. because they have to they have to match. Yeah, keep it in contact t- context with each other. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of. In fact, the the books you're reading, the the trilogy, mm. uh, winds up with what the uh, there's the Istvan Three is like the main planet that yeah. winds up on book three, and uh, that's the whole Horus Heresy for that first Forge World book. Right. Is Istvan Three, and as you go to later books, as, as a lot of them back up to just before Horace goes, uh-huh. they're constantly mentioning that stuff. And so, right. yeah, granted, that was in the first book, so now it's easier. Sure. But a guy who's writing a book now, there's another guy who's writing a book that's going to be out in a year as they're writing out the schedules and uh-huh. stuff. And granted, there's time to go back and double check and sure. adjust things, but they, they're they laying out
1: that plot lines and those storylines now. So let me ask you something from a literary perspective. I don't do a lot of reading. Uh-huh. I, I but I know you do. Yeah. What when I started reading book two, it felt very different. I think just because of the author's writing style—not bad or worse, but different. Oh yeah. And I found it, to be honest, a little distracting, almost disconcerting. Because I, you know, I thought it's it just doesn't feel like the same book. Do, do you find that to be an issue?
0: Uh, you know, in the first in the in that first trilogy, it's like when you're not really used to it because it's that same story, and suddenly the writing style changes yeah. a bit. In the first trilogy, I can see where it because even I said you know the, the writing style is a little different because yeah. Dan Abnett's got a really great writing mm-hmm. style, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 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 very comfortable and it's very uh, you just it's 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 easy to read Dan Abnett yeah. and it's still lots of detail, well told story. And I'm not saying the second book isn't, but it's different, right? Um, but after that initial trilogy, I mean the books are being told from so many different points of view mm-hmm. that once you start to get used to. You know, uh, uh, the 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 voice that an author might have might be different, mm-hmm. but once you get past this initial trilogy with the same characters in all three, every book's got different people, different guys, ah, different, it's days, so different It's so it, diverse. That, may that actually
1: lend well then. To, exactly to the reading. Okay. Exactly, it
0: doesn't. It really doesn't bother me that much at all okay. because every story is so different. Uh, I got to the end of this book and I still don't know if I like Lion Johnson or not. I have on Twitter called him the 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 there's 17 prime marks and a douche mark. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would go so far as to say you don't like him. Yeah. I liked him a lot better in this book than yeah. in the last one. T- or do you know why he's a douche? Maybe uh, no, that's the thing. He it has motivation.
0: That's the thing. You're getting bits of his personality. I'm I'm learning a little bit about him. It's like the more I know about him, the more you the more you know a character, the more you can kinda of sympathize with sure. their flaws. And so I have a little more sympathy for him in this book, after this book, than I did in the first one. Mm. But even at the end, I'm reading at the end going, Wait, what? What? Mm. And it was just it, it was another book that I don't want to do any spoilers, but it it kinda told the story sure. that it wanted to tell. I mean, at the end of the first book, and this is not a spoiler, Johnson splits up the Dark Angels basically into two halves, sends half of them home to their planet, their home planet of Caliban, uh-huh. and keeps the other half with him on the on the crusade. And basically the book, every other chapter, cha- the odd number chapters are him on the crusade, and the even number chapters are what's going on in Caliban. Hmm. And they're, I mean, the Dark Angels have a whole problem. People say they don't know if they're a traitor legion or not, uh, and you're starting is, to see why, because there's this split, the and they're literally this split going on. But it's still, I mean, parts of it are confusing. When I got to the end, I was like, I don't know what in the hell's going on again. So, and I don't want to dwell too long on it, but it just, it was another one that left me with more questions when I got to the end than I answered. trying to
1: entice you to read. Well, apparently. Stay tuned for the next three, four books.
0: Well, I mean, but the thing is, there was a five-book gap between the first story and the second person. I don't know uh, if, I don't, in fact, I don't think the third or the next Part of this story has been written yet, and that was book 11. They're on book 22. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, that story is just sort of hanging I off think. in the distance, waiting. I don't know what happens. Huh. So, I don't know. A little frustrating, but uh, I've moved on to A Thousand Suns, so we'll read that one. Yeah. Um, and if anyone's noticed this, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, I read a lot of Black Library, as the listeners know. And I've noticed that most of the books are right around the four hundred page mark. I don't know mm-hmm. if they tell them this we want this many words or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's like between about four hundred five and four hundred nineteen. Like four hundred twelve seems to be like the number that the books just keep coming to. And it's just funny because I pointed it out to Harrison, and now every time we open a book, we look to see how many pages it is, and it's about right, and it's right around four. Mm-hmm. Now this next one, Thousand Sons, is like five and a quarter. So we're like, oh, this one's a lot bonus stuff. Yeah, yeah. so. But that's been all of my reading. Okay. Um, new podcasts? I've been listening to pretty much the same ones we've been listening to. And any shows or movies or anything? No, I no. don't watch. A, I honestly don't watch a lot of TV. But I have been watching It's All just repeats and, okay. and reruns. And
1: I haven't even gotten to go to the movies. So I, we have been. Wa- my wife and I are big fans of the that show Fringe. Yeah, that's on Fox. Great yeah. show. I don't know if you ever had a chance to watch it. I haven't. Good stuff. It it stars. Um, I think his name is John Noble. Okay. He's the guy from um, Return of the King, and he played uh, the father of Boromir and Faramir. Oh, okay. Faramir. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he stars in that. Great actor. Just absolute stellar cast. And it's it's an interesting combo of X-Files and CSI for cool. those who haven't seen it. So, yeah, interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. So that's about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh wow, we got like nothing to report on. Oh, the only thing that we didn't talk about was um uh I have been um reading up on the rules for uh dreadball. Mm. I should be getting my Kickstarter in about six to eight weeks. Nice. What teams? Oof, I've got uh the, the I got the the whole of season one which has the Forge Fathers, the dwarfs, the orcs, the rats and the human corporation. Okay. And then season two has the female corporation players who actually play a slightly different game. Okay. Uh, and then there's a couple of alien races in there and
1: a robot uh, team. Someone is telling me that the, uh, there are no elven races. Is that right? That is correct. Is that uh, by design or will there will be some in future? Seasons? They don't
0: want to put a fantasy – they don't want it to be fantasy in space. Uh, I haven't. But it's
1: got dwarves and orcs and –
0: Yes, yeah. I I mean, it's got these the Forge Fathers, which are the space dwarves, and they've got this space. They're called the Marauders, and they're the space orcs. Right? Um, Are there any undead? Nope. Huh? We haven't seen them yet. Okay. So more, maybe more aliens. There have been, yeah. There's there's a couple of alien races in here. There's guys that look like thin versions of Greys, almost, you know, but that thin head with the big eyes and the long face. Um, There's a third season team that uh, is like a squid. Right. I mean, it looks okay. like Cthulhu. Sure. You know, all tentacles and mm-hmm. suction cups. Um, but, no, they they actually did. There's one that it was supposed to be monkeys. Space monkeys? They were genetically engineered like monkey clones in, like, full armor, but they didn't look very much like monkeys, so they just changed it to say they're weird clones, and they're, like, sort of simian like okay. clones. Okay, okay. Um, there's that team. And there's just all sorts of stuff oh, okay. in it. It's really... But... Um, from what I've read, with that, I've, I'm I'm really looking forward to playing some Dreadball. and we are gonna have um, we're gonna have a garage gamer, Ronnie Renton, and hopefully the designer, Jake, who mm-hmm. the guy who designed the game, are gonna come on, and we'll have in like in about a week or two. And I'm going to do an interview with them and put that up as a Garage Gamer. And then once I get the Kickstarter after Christmas and I've had a chance to play it and maybe have you play a couple games, sure. we'll do a full-on report on the game.
1: Okay. Yeah, I look forward to it. But uh,
0: I'm really excited for them because, uh, you know, Ronnie was – I mean, Ronnie's a great guy. And that Kickstarter did almost almost three-quarters of a million dollars. That's insane. Yeah. We live in a Kickstarter age, huh? It, if, if it's a good product, though. And the thing is, I think, you know, people trust Mantic. They know that if they – if they invest in this, it's going to happen. It, it gets
1: better for the consumer.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I, I look forward to that. That's the one thing that uh, the other thing I've been
1: doing. So You know, the one thing, if this is too much off topic, we can edit this out, but I was doing some reading, and um, that Prometheus DVD is being released. Oh, yeah? And I was reading an article where one of the, the – they didn't film this part, but it was in the script. The guy, uh, Wayland, the old guy? yeah. Is is talking about how growing up when he was studying, one of his mentors was a guy by the name of Tyrell, whose office was located in the city of Angels back on Earth. City of Angels being Los Angeles so the being Tyrell a re- Corporation. Being a reference to the Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. So that links that that infers a link between Blade Runner and Aliens, well, and by like, extension, a link to then Predator. If you buy into the Aliens versus Predator mythos. So, I, I don't know. I just thought that was a yeah, very interesting no, that, connection.
0: That actually is really cool that, that the Tyre, having them linked to the Tyrell Corporation. Yeah, so, he, he
1: talks about, you know, Tyrell was going on about testing with uh, genetically enhanced humans, and I don't know what he was going on about, and uh-huh. et cetera, et cetera. interesting. So,
0: yeah. Oh, and Ridley Scott directed them both. Right. So, so trying to tie in his own story, trying to trying to tie in his stuff to some Philip K. Dick stuff, that's uh, mm. that's, uh, that's, that's, that's that's a bit. That's ballsy. a ballsy tie-in. But know? he did it pretty well. So. Yeah. I was one of the people who really liked Prometheus. Um, I, I liked it, too. Well, it's so funny because Ridley Scott went on for months saying, it's not an Alien prequel. It's mm. not the prequel to Alien. It's really not the prequel to Alien. Mm. And he said, well, there is stuff that links it to Alien, but it's not a prequel. <laughs> All right, BS. And you watch it. It's not a prequel. He, he but the, the last scene
1: of that, I mean, no, spoiler alert, but that Alien where it kind of like. Okay
0: the, okay, the last, but still. There's at least, at least one more movie between Prometheus and Alien. At least Do one more. Do we know more. that
1: for a fact? Are they actually, I think I read that they are making
0: another oh, are, movie. Oh, they're making another movie. But what I'm saying is you, you cannot directly link Prometheus and Alien. You know there not are directly, links. But it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's not really a prequel because it doesn't give us any more not information. In
1: of like the Star Wars prequels. Right. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm saying. It's not a direct prequel. No, of course there's a link. It's the same universe. It's sure. the same stuff. But I, I didn't walk out of Prometheus knowing more about the alien universe. I actually feel like I know more less. Confused. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like I, if you answered this, I had more questions. Actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that DVD. I think there's seven hours of like extra footage and oh, interviews. And I've got. To, in fact, I got to go to Walmart this week, and
0: I got told I got to pick up the Blu-ray for Cinderella because the kay. Blu-ray of Cinderella's out. All right. I got to pick up Avengers. Because I've been remiss and not picked it up yet. and I okay. still haven't seen that. Oh, that's all sorts of awesome. And then I can't wait. I got to grab, I want to grab Prometheus. I was actually at the Walmart and they had the boxes up and I thought it came out and that was just the box to take you to the counter uh. to put down your deposit. Oh. <laughs> they were like taking like the, 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 the pre-orders the pre, in pre, the store pre-order. and I was just like, really? Huh. Which by the way, there was no such thing as pre-order. It's like a co-conspirator. There's no such thing. Sure. When you, pre- I didn't pre-order a book. You ordered. I ordered a book. Yeah. Pre-order is what I'm doing when I'm thinking about ordering a book, <laughs> and I haven't clicked and put in my credit card number right, yet. Right, right, right. There's no such thing as a pre-order, just like there's no such thing as a co-conspirator. You see that on Law and Order times. We're going to have them as an unindicted co-conspirator. No, no, no. It's a conspirator. Conspirator. It's you know I, I'm sorry. That's the English teacher. A conspiracy, is, by definition, is multiple people. At least two, sure, you know? sure. So to say you're a co-conspirator is like when you say pin number,
1: right? It's, it's a pin. Yeah, it's your PIN. personal ID number. Yeah, personal right. identification
0: number number. Hmm. So that's just me. I will edit you. This know, another out one is, cause this uh, is totally
1: another <laughs> one is irregardless. Oh. That one that one drives me up the wall.
0: Irregardless, or I, I could care less. You could because I couldn't care less. <laughs> I could care less. Well, that's great. I'm glad you care because I couldn't. <laughs> right. And the other one, and I was actually when it showed up on Friends on one of the lines on Friends, I was dying. Supposedly, supposedly, yeah. Supp- supposedly, mm-hmm. what?
1: Supposedly, that's just that's a moo point. <laughs> a what? It's moo point. It's like a cow's opinion. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Remember that one? <laughs>
0: It's the decline of Western civilization. I swear to God, I listen to people talk nowadays, and I'm just like, uh, (laughs) "Ugh." I I hear you. The Western civilization. If I say anything like that, please point it out and correct me. Oh, uh, well, okay, palanquin. Palanquin. But you didn't, know, uh, I, you didn't know either. No I, one knew. You know what? I'd always, I'd pronounced it that way because I know someone had told me that was how it was pronounced and I'd always done it that way. But then when you asked me and then I suddenly became conscious of it and I heard people using the word on other podcasts saying palanquin. And so I just went to dictionary.com and hit the little speaker button. And it is palanquin. It's palanquin. Okay. So, hooray. I was right. right. So the giant I, uh, wyvern landed on the palanquin. <laughs> right? Is that how you said it? The ethereal wavern. <laughs> Landed on the palanquin. Irregardless of the warriors <laughs> standing around it. And the guy who owned the palanquin could care less. <laughs> nice. Holy should crap. should write a book. Now, we should stop. We should take yeah, a commercial yeah, yeah. break. Yes. Uh, and when we come back, we'll be talking. <laughs> when we talk back, you'll be magically transported home mm-hmm. for an interview. Uh, we have our first Garage Hammer News Network. Nice. On the air with our European correspondent. And then after that, we get into our exciting tooth and nail up to the last roll of of the dice campaign game. First campaign (laughs) game. All right, folks, we'll be back. Okay.
1: For all you gamers out there, Blood in the Sun 3, Enchantment Under the Sea. June 22nd to 23rd, 2013. A two-day Warhammer Fantasy Battle Tournament held just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Meet players from around the country, compete with armies of all types. Blood in the Sun 3, Enchanted Under the Sea. For information, go to
4: bloodinthesun.com.
0: And welcome back to the garage, you tools. Uh,
1: Hey, how are you doing?
0: Chris Chris is magically not here anymore. He'll be back in just a little bit, but right now he's magically on Skype. Mm -hmm. First ever co host on the Skype chat. This is interesting. And with us, it's uh, time for our segment, the Garage Hammer News Network, bringing you up to the date, up to date, up to the date, up to date news from our. European Correspondent, Greg Dan. Greg. Did,
1: did Hello. Make- <laughs> I feel like we need some special intro music for you, Greg.
0: Uh, yeah, something suitably British.
1: <laughs> yes. I'd play like God a- Save the Bra- Queen,
0: but our listeners would just think it was my country tis of thee, so... God yeah, Save true. the Queen,
1: or, or maybe even the, the Benny Hill theme song?
5: Yeah, well, yeah just anything with a brass band, I think. Or, um,
1: you know. <laughs> I, I quite like...
5: Um, when the Europeans won the golf over in Chicago, um, uh. they, they played uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life to the Americans, <laughs> which went down quite well. They that sung that out nice and loud.
0: I was trying to think of something a little more yeah. respectful and professional since it was supposed to be a news podcast, but it seems to go easy. <laughs> typical Americans, it's British, Benny Hill. There you go. Okay.
5: Right. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It could be worse. <laughs> okay. I, no, I, I'd go
5: for the Kinks and the Village Green Preservation Society. That's suitably
0: British. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you hey, it's YouTube. your segment. You pick a song, get some music and tell me what it's supposed to be and I'll either find <laughs> it or have you send it to me. It's your segment, you know?
5: I'll have a little look. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Nothing too European though. It's got to be...
1: It's got to be suitably
5: British. Right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um for today's thing is Greg, you went to UK Games Day, which I'm assuming is held at Warhammer World?
5: Um we actually it's actually held at a, a National Exhibition Centre, which is one of the biggest um exhibition centres we have in the UK yeah. and it's wow. right centre of the the country. Is that near London? <laughs> oh, I'm uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's just say yes. Okay. <laughs> I won't be offended because I don't live there. But so well, that'll no, be fine. like the
0: running. That'll be like the running gag of this segment. You'll name something happening somewhere, and I'll ask is that near London, and then you can just say, well let just say yes. To be American fair, it's
5: only it's only a hundred or so miles, so it is it's not
0: too bad. Uh, well, like I said, you know we've had this discussion before. The length and breadth that we go for places that doesn't seem like a lot on this side of the pond. So, so game and it is huge. I mean, it is. I mean, I guess I just never thought it would be all that huge, what with you have Warhammer World and shops on every corner, practically, around in England, from what I understand. But um, So it was, it was really huge, huh? Um, it's pretty big.
5: I, I can't remember the exact numbers. I mean, it's, um, there's a lot of people there, yeah. Uh, there's um, three major uh, uh, halls they use, um, which are, uh, try and put it in context, um the halls each hall is probably a little bit smaller than the main dealer hall at um gencom oh um, wow, so they have three three major halls, and then each hall has its own kind of uh deals with it actually they're probably a bit smaller than that actually but each hall so one hall is reserved for shopping. And then one hall's reserved for gaming and showing off, like the exhibition tables, and then a few other bits. And then one other hall has all the the people you go and talk to and sign and look at artwork, and then all the Golden Demon uh, entries and things like that. And then they have a couple of little seminar rooms and little bits off to the side as well. But I mean, it's not wow, it's that big. is no, that for, is huge for, for, compared to for what the UK you. Do you it's know. big um, for for a convention? On a worldwide scale, you know if people came there from one of your you know one of the conventions that you have in america it it's not massive but well, it's big for the hobby I suppose I know
0: with the exception of the little rooms where they were having the you know the little lectures and the little seminars and the room where the golden demons were kept outside of those two rooms or I mean those that little section of rooms i mean pretty much all of games day could be kept in about the size of your one large hall then if what, if this, if the sizes are ever accurate. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably half the size, you know? Yeah. I suppose
5: with, with it being in, in Birmingham, it is pretty much the center of the country. So um, they have, Bus runs come up. All the all all the GW stores will have their own allocation of tickets with a bus, usually uh, included in the price of those ones. I pay a bit extra. So, like all our local GW send a bus load of people up. It's it's very much kind of a, a day out. Kind of they make it this thing. Oh, cool! Um, and I, know, I know that when I worked for, for when I was a key timer at Games Workshop, I was on one of the buses, and we set up quizzes and things like that to do on the way up as well. So they, they kind of make it a deal with, you know, the, the bus leaves Tumbridge Wells at like a half four, five o'clock in the morning, doesn't get back till gone ten at night. So it becomes part of the day as well.
0: well that sounds cool. All right. So you go to Games Day and um, did you do any seminars? Did you do some shopping? What did you do? <laughs> well, the first thing that happens,
5: as happens with any Games Workshop event, is there's a bit of a run for the Forge World
1: queue. Um <laughs> Mad dash, huh?
5: Yeah, this year it was the far end of the third hall, so you had to walk through the first two halls and to the back of the third hall um, to queue up. Um, and and in all previous years, because I've been going to Games Day since ninety five, I think. Um, in all the previous years that, that Four child have been there, it's just been a, a really long table, and then everyone just bundles in. No system. You're just in there and fighting your way to the front which is to be honest as a, as a fairly big guy uh, i know, i handle that situation quite well um but this year they employed a queuing system which was which was just kind of shock and awe for everyone who was who was in it
1: Not so used- how long it, once you're queued in how long do you get before they push you out for the next person
5: um no it was it was literally like a, a walking queue
1: Queue system,
5: yeah. So um, we all lined up in a big long line that weaved, and it was like it was like being in America. It was like the queuing system was like you know organized, and us British can queue, but that's only because no one ever tells us how. In America, you're told how to queue, and it was like that.
0: Well, I mean, this year at at Games Day Chicago, even um, the lines were really set up much better and moved much faster.
5: Oh, excellent! I think this is in part due to last year's Games Day, which was an absolute abomination. Oh, the uh, line
0: for the, the line for Forge World was like several hours. It was
5: yeah. I mean, I spoke to I spoke to the guy at um, Gencom and he said, "Look, we." I said, "What are you going to do about queuing?" And he said, "No, we're on it. We're talking to the uh, Forge World." Actually, the few guys who had been out in different places had told Games Workshop. What happened last year wasn't going to work. So this year they got on it, they sorted it. Um, The queue still went out of their little queuing system, round a little bit more, folding back on itself, then down one side of the room, then down another side of the room, and then started to curl back on itself again. Um, It took a long time for some people to get their stuff, but it would have taken a lot longer had they not been so organized.
0: Yeah, and one of the big changes this year was... um They didn't have the registers at the – like, before they had Forge World separate from the regular store. So now it was all in the same roped-off area. So as you moved in, you, like, waited outside of the sales area, got into Forge World, got your stuff, and then went into the rest of the sales area, picked up everything. And then they had, like, that best buy sort of line where they had 10, 12 registers open and one line for registers. And so that line moved. It was longer because – there was one really long line for 12 registers, but you were constantly moving forward, so it didn't feel very long at all.
5: That's that's the system they employed over here again, yeah, and that's the first time they've done it well. Um, we weren't ready for that. Um, I went with three friends, excuse me, but next year if we go... We know that we can send one person to Forge World to pick up everything everyone wants for Forge World, one person to Black Library to pick up everything we want from there, and then we can just we can separate all out and get it out to you all done a bit quicker. So the system is going to work really well. The other thing they did was, um, we'll probably talk later. Two of the big releases were the Horace Heresy book Betrayal and also the Angron figure. They actually had guys walking down the line saying, "Are you only after?" Angron and the book and luckily for me personally I was like yeah I just want two of the books because I was buying one for a friend they actually handed me the two books in the queue I then skipped out the queue and went and could go and do the rest of the shopping and go to the tills so that was a lot a lot better um they were still getting used to it but did you get the uh, model um I didn't know um I can't justify getting them all, <laughs> I'll wait for Russ to come out because I'm a Space Force player. So. <laughs> um, i got a good look at it, though, and I've got some friends who will probably get it. So, I mean, it looks wonderful.
4: It is a really cool-looking model.
0: I really want the model, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's 50 pounds. I mean, that's like... It, it is, indeed. It's it's like, oh, it's an $80 model in American, and then yeah. it's a 70-pound book. Yes. So, you're looking at 120 pounds for the pair Roughly 180 a little over $180 for the book and the model, and then oh. 10, 15% on that shipping. So I was looking at, yeah, like 225 $230 for yeah. the pair, and I was just like, I, it, as badly as I want them both, I couldn't justify it.
5: No, heresy, if you want to get into the heresy big time, it's going to be very expensive. But, you know, people are going to do it. <laughs> I've already had to kind of back off. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get everything. No, I'm not.
0: <laughs> well, I do I do want to come back to the book once we finish up your yeah. Games Day experience because I want to know... You, I mean, you own it, obviously, so... I do. But so after you did all your purchasing, what else was going on? Uh,
5: well, I mean, every the, the Golden Demon, obviously, is a massive part of Games Day, um, which, unfortunately, this year I didn't really get to look at. Uh, there's always such a crowd around... The, the uh, showing them off around the cabinets, and there's oh, gamers. Unfortunately, that stereotypical gamer who has no sense of personal, you know, interpersonal skills, they come out in force. Um, so we tend to avoid that until a little bit later in the day, and unfortunately, this year we missed most of the really cool stuff. Some of the stuff we did see was was pretty awesome, and I've i actually found a website, uh, a blogspot from the Fang dot blogspot dot co dot uk, which has got some really cool pictures. Um, one of the better ones I found of uh, of a lot of games day entries.
0: So you said it was from the fang. Yes.
5: That's the one. Yeah, okay. uh, you put that in Google, put that in your thing. That's got about thirty pictures of some of the better, and the the pictures are good quality as well because. Unfortunately, with the glass cabinets and things, I was trying to take some photos on my iPhone. And it just wasn't going to happen. Reflections and all that kind oh, of yeah. stuff. I yeah. had, to, I had um, to
0: really play with my camera at Games Day to get it. To, I was actually holding it right up against the glass so that it couldn't. Focus yeah, on the glass.
5: unfortunately, some like fourteen-year-old kids trying to you know squeeze him past your chest, <laughs> trying to do it, and you just want to punch him, but you're never, you're never quite sure if the parents are around. <laughs> um, uh, so that. That, that's a huge part of it they also in America are they doing the did they do the um, the display parade. board yeah yeah, armies on the parade that started last year in the UK was the first year this year people had seemed to be a bit more prepared for it um, there's some really amazing displays uh, the armies on parade you know
0: titans everywhere and all kinds of stuff some very very cool stuff we didn't have any of that but we had some really cool i mean there was one that was like a tree had all this green slime dripping off and it was like a nurgle space marine thing yeah i mean those displays are real i mean you could tell these guys spend the whole year putting together that display for that for that contest it's amazing sometimes
5: yeah i think this year being the second year really benefited from people knowing it was going to happen uh, and therefore having that whole year to plan it there was a couple of um, – like there was an Imperial uh, air air base set into a mountain, things like that, things that obviously took a year to make. So I really hope that gets a really good showing on the website when they finally get to putting up the pictures to give them – because you just don't get to see enough while you're there, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that too. I mean, unless you're going to spend hours and hours just walking and looking at it in every model – at some point, you just start going. Okay, I'm going to keep walking.
5: Yeah, that's it. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's enough to see, particularly if you're
0: you haven't been to many games days before. Yep. So, um, did you do any seminars? Did you see any of the talks? Any? I we went into the
5: Forge World seminar. Okay, which was uh, most entertaining. Um, some, <laughs> it, it was a bit different to what I was expecting, but but yeah it was a lot of uh, enough in there to make it worthwhile going again but possibly wanted a little bit more from it but um i don't yeah, do you want to cover that now i mean that covers into a lot of sure i mean yeah. a, a lot of games day is forge world games workshop used to put out some previews and things like that and a few years ago you you used to go to games day to see what was coming up um Games Workshop, uh, as itself, now doesn't do that. They had the Chaos Space Marine book. You could flick through it, but that was, what, a week off release? Um, they have the odd thing in a cabinet that you might not have seen before, but you really have to search for it, and they really don't advertise anything anymore. Okay. Forge World, however, for their pre-releases. So, the big news... Um, well we we'll start we we'll start with Imperial Army they they talked a little bit about the Imperial Armor books um what they're planning is more of the same you know an Imperial Armor book every year and okay. some new Necron stuff out some new uh, lightning parts and things like that and it looks like Imperial Armor is going to carry on doing the, that strong thing it's doing which so, is really still there
1: yeah, i yep, still here.
0: Oh, okay, I just I I didn't hear you at all. Just wanted to make certain.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <Just>, I'm <laughs> listening. I'm taking it all in. All right, I'm sorry.
0: Cool. Didn't mean to stop. Uh, the flow there.
5: So I can't really remember much about the Imperial Army, except that you know they, they were they talked about kind of Necrons things they're doing, but all more of the same. Really good. So how mundane does that sound? More of the same. But well,
1: actually, <laughs> these books serve as um, extra supplements to the 40k game itself. Optional rules. Uh, new. Um,
0: yeah, they are. Um, it mean, kind of like a like, Tamarcon book, except yeah, there's yeah. no. I mean, it's, it's it's you don't get a whole new army usually in your
2: in no, your book. Exactly. You, you
0: get a few a few a few a few specialty characters or a few specialty mm-hmm. vehicle rules.
5: Yeah, Tamarcon works in the same way. Um, there's less scope with Warhammer, obviously. I mean, Imperial Armour managed to bring in the Elysian Drop Troops, which is a different Imperial Guard army, things like that, but. Essentially, the same as Tamarkan. If you've read Tamarkan, that's they based Tamarkan on the Imperial Armor books.
1: All right. That's, that's, was an impressive book. So uh, that was oh, me.
0: extremely impressive. Well, if you're enjoying the Horus Heresy books, Chris, next time you come over, you could take a look at those. I have the, I bought Greg's two Bad Ab War books because Harrison was we'd been listening to that before on um, the Independent Characters podcast and. They're they're just as impressive. They're really amazingly well made. The, the books.
1: trick is to not get too caught up and buy into it, so that I start buying them <laughs> because uh, they look great, but they it looks like it could could take a kick, uh, chunk out of my wallet. So Big but, no,
0: because I won't let you buy it because I've got we've got three armies at my house for forty k. If you want to play, make sure you want to play it before you buy. It. See, I got your back. See, that's how
1: it is. <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that is the, always the best kind of friend to have.
0: Yeah, the
1: guy who's the got one a lot of armies. Every, and, yeah,
5: <laughs> the one that buys everything for you <laughs> to
0: buy. Right. Oh boy. So, uh, any any news on the? Uh, they, they give it. I mean, obviously, they're not going to tell you what's coming up, but I've I've read a few reviews and things about the. Uh, uh, you know, the Black Library seminars. Did they uh, black? I mean, black or not, either Black Library or the Forge World? Did they? Uh, did they? talk about what they're planning on doing for this uh, Horus Heresy stuff?
5: They did indeed. Um, I mean, a lot of the questions were Horus Heresy-based. Obviously, that was the big the big buzz of the weekend was heresy, heresy, heresy. Uh, <laughs> they, they talked through the book um, roughly what was in there, what went through it. Um, essentially, Horus Heresy is a new game system based on 40K. So within that book, one of the reasons the book is – £70 pounds is that it's a big book and it contains rules for playing the Horus Heresy game which utilizes the 40k rulebook but it's a different game. Um, so you do still need the main, the big blue book? You do, I believe, yes. Okay, uh, But if you have the rulebook and the heresy book uh, that's all you need. You don't need any codices, anything like that. It's all combined in those two books. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me uh so it the book itself contains the history of the space marine legions the build up of the heresy uh, the build up of the fall up until ISvan 3 which i don't know if chris has got there yet on mr u's got there yet on the books
3: Not yet. Not
1: yet. okay <laughs> so don't say too much.
5: no all right won't. Isvan 3 is where horus basically um outwardly starts the heresy Makes his first, um, like kind of proactive move to in his stand against the uh, the emperor. So, you cover the four legions that are at the um, that is fan three, uh, which are the sons of Horus, the world eaters, death guard, and emperor's children. Okay, uh, and it covers rules for making legions of space marines. So, oh,
1: rather cool. than... true customization here.
5: Yeah, the they, 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 Alan Bly did say that the points are based so that when you buy ten men, they cost you know 150 points or whatever. But as the un- each particular unit gets bigger, it gets um, the points cost of each individual actually goes down. So they encourage you to buy bigger units. Oh, great! So the whole point is, you know, space means it's all about ten-man units in in the chapters according to the Codex Astartes as it is now. But back in the Legions, 30 men in a unit was, you know, one of the done things. So you, you have units of 30 men walking around. So, and the idea was to create a sense of scale of the Legions and of the games uh, you're playing. Uh, the Ultramarines had like best part of 200,000 space marines on Kalth uh, when the Kalth War happened. So they're, they're trying to promote the scale of the heresy. Wow. In, in that respect. Mm. Yeah. Um, absolutely brilliant. And that then enables the Primarchs to be played in the game and to have that kind of effect that they're going to have. You know, Angron's going to go into 30 Space Marines and probably come out the other end a couple of turns later. That's, yes. that's the way it works. Now, how many, <laughs> primarchs, how many Primarchs do they have rules for? Four. The, those four legions have their Primarchs. The, the idea, I should probably say, the idea of the books... Um, The plan for the Horus Heresy books is to have each book covers a major incident in the heresy. So they're starting with, they they chose the start point at ISVAN 3. The next book they announced next year is going to be The Dropsite Massacre Part 1, because there are seven chapters involved in The Dropsite Massacre, and it is one of the most pivotal parts of the heresy so they're going to split that up into two books they're going to have four chapters in one book and then three in another probably you probably expect some mechanicum stuff in there as well and then from there on they're going to each book is going to represent a major battle or 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 campaign of battles around that and then each each chapter then gets introduced in that respect so unfortunately, I think it's going to be a few years before you, you know everyone's going to be like, "Oh, blood angels are going to be years," or, or whoever. But they'll get there in the end.
0: And uh, so, I mean, eventually, are we going to get to the Emperor and Horus squaring off?
5: Well, the idea, yeah, the idea is to get to Terra, um, and and then it's kind of that the ultimate question is: Do you ever immortalize the Emperor in a model? Because if you're going to have the rules for him, or, or even rules and a model. You know, it's it's a big enough step immortalizing the Primarchs in models and rules. Because once you made rules for them, you've kind of put a limit on them as it were. Whereas in you read the fluff and Primarchs appear to have limits a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. So that was the one thing they said. Um <clears throat> when they were making the Primarchs, one of the first things they did was they went sat down and went through every Primarch, all eighteen legions, and they wrote basically wrote the rules for the Primarchs first as a group before they released one. Uh, Working off a a system of a um, a Venn diagram kind of system of um, ability, fighting ability, natural fighting ability, leadership ability, and then like special powers is the best way of putting it. So Horus is like the ultimate balanced fighter, you know, he's a, he's a beast on the table. He's a tactical genius, and he's got a few little tricks up his sleeve. Angron leads much more towards a visceral, <laughs> killing <laughs> rage, death, um, and then Magnus is all about kind of that psychic ability. So he, so each, each of the primarchs, although like Russ and Angron are both very visceral, they do it in different ways. They sit on slightly different scales of the mix. So each Primark can have its own feel. Oh, cool. Which I, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and we'll see down the line how that manifests. Well, so it
0: actually seems like a smart idea to make all the rules for all of them right away. So you know that they're sort of balanced to each other. And I'm not saying balanced that one but guy they, can they take on the other. The right.
5: they, they work in the fluff. Right. And you don't cover the same ground.
0: Yeah, and nobody, yeah, nobody's overlapping and nobody's going, okay, i got to write this book. I'm going to bump this guy up so he's the best one to play with. They're keeping it to the story, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh,
5: then the other the other issue was then scale. Um, as Chris, you will find out when he, as, he, as he progresses through the books. Uh, if you put a Primark on a table, uh, it takes a hell of a lot to stop a Primark. <laughs> um, and you'll read through the books about some of the instances. And even through old GW background fluff, um, there was a story about Lehman Rush chopping the head off a Warhound Titan. Oh, um, uh, that kind of thing he just jumped on its neck well uh, you know unfortunately they were on a planet and it was really hard because it was all sandstormy and whatever and he just went off and killed it by himself <laughs> but em- employing that kind of fluff onto the table becomes an issue so that's when not
1: power gaming at, at its, at it's, its finest <laughs> <laughs> yes so uh,
5: Primarchs are only allowed in battles over a certain amount of points I think I think it might have been 2000 I could be wrong um, which is, you know, kind of most people play 1,500 to 1,850, something like that for 40K. So we're talking about decent-sized battles. And they can only be taken in slots called, I think it's the uh, Lords of War. So you can put Horus on one side, and you can put a Baneblade tank on another side. That's, <laughs> That's kind funny. of a, a semi-even comparison. Kind of <laughs> of and as they said you know um, I think they said in play testing they put Angron down on a table and you know the, the, the other side didn't deal with him early on and he just caused a wave of destruction through the whole table because that's what we will do if you let him Jeez. it's you know these guys are going to dominate as they should do this is this 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 is part of the issue they had with the rules making was you know these guys shouldn't should be absolute machines and they they said they had a bit of trouble getting that Kind of working, but I think it looks like they've done a good job. Um, they're going to be beasts to take down. That was the other worry. You know, you still can kill them with lasgun fire which to me sits a little bit wrong. I um, say, uh, Mister Whitehead, you've read the books. You know how hard it is for a Primarch to get hurt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah um, I mean that's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's highly unlikely that lasguns guns are going to do a huge amount to it, but but it could happen. Um, but Oh, yeah. The way they the way they're written, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing them on the table. It would be um, be really good, and the model if if the models come out looking like Angron's, then I can't wait for the rest.
0: Okay, well you know what? let's 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 divert a bit away from forty k here just because. I just I
5: just talk about um cause that Angron model, um they said they also had an Abaddon model. I don't know if you saw the pictures for that. No. Uh, there was an Abaddon uh, facing off against an opponent on a round scenic base, um, which looked amazing. They did announce that, I mean, we, we thought it was, but the other model will be Garfield Loken when it actually comes out. Yay. So you'll have Abaddon versus Loken as a little diorama piece. I, I can see
1: that. Yeah. More. It looked, it um, looked cool.
5: That's going to be a similar price point, I think, to Angron. But they're talking about four to five characters a year. So it won't just be the Primarch, it will be the main characters of the books as well. Um, and then down the line as well, um, by the time the Primarchs have gone from Istvan 3, Istvan 5, by the time they assault Terror, some of the Primarchs aren't particularly recognizable. So as Primarchs appear in other books, we will be seeing. Different versions, possibly rules-wise and models-wise, of those primarchs, which I think is pretty cool.
0: So, like a fulgrim from Istvan Five is not going to be like a fulgrim from After.
5: No, because they, you know, they're, they're treading a path which is um, is not going to keep them the same. I mean, Angron just delves even more into his rage. Horus starts to take on some of the gifts. Those kind of things. So, you're going to be seeing possibly different rule sets and, and probably different models as well. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Why not make two or three of each Primark at 50 pounds a piece? That's awesome. They're going to make a lot of money. Jeez.
5: So, yeah, that, I mean, there's loads more Horace Heresy. They're going to be bringing in a lot of Mechanicum stuff. But, yeah, that, we'll see more of that as it comes, which will be really
0: exciting. That does sound pretty cool. And let's hold up just for one second and hold that thought, everyone. We're going to take a quick break and come right back with more from games.
4: Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets, and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Hero Clips. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play.
0: And we are back. Welcome back to the Garage Hammer News Network, folks. And, uh, you saw some other models there. You took some pictures and sent them. Indeed, some controversial ones.
5: <laughs> Should we start with the non-controversial one?
1: Sure. Yeah, ease us for- into it.
0: Yeah, the
5: Goal From Warhammer Forge?
1: Yeah. Are you
5: familiar with this model, or even the, the, the beast it represents? I know, I, I thought I saw the picture, but I'm not certain. Why don't you let, let the listeners know, at least? Okay, well, in the Storm of Magic book, there is um, a... Uh, the mongol is a beast of shadow and, and death, I think it is. I'm flicking through the book now, I don't know if you can hear it. Um, but basically, it's the they did the fire thing, it's the representation of the Shadow Lord, the mongol. Here we go. Oh, so of the a thing of shadows and a uh, thing of shadows and ice and fog, and oh. um, the picture is this this like banshee face with uh, uh, ghostly glowing uh, ghostly hair, and basically it's, it's like a, a body flying with a massive hand down, reaching down to a, a body. They had that model at Games Day, which no one expected, and it's huge. And it's gorgeous. (laughs) I'm not too sure I'd ever use it as a Mongol, um, but the potential's there to use it with something amazing. It's a really pretty model. A lot of people were talking about that. Even some of my 40k friends were like, I want to use it as something. Because it's.
1: it's just like uh, a demon keeper of secrets or something like
5: that? I mean, you could do what you want to with it, really. I mean, there's a lot of. It's it's, it's, it's a floating kind of spirit wraith thing, Um, but it stands. Uh, it stands possibly about as tall as a giant. And it, in its hand is what's connecting it to the floor. It's the only thing connecting it to the floor. And it's got a dead horse in its grip on the floor. And it just, it just, it's like, it's not really, doesn't really fit with kind of, you know, Warhammer in a way. It's a bit kind of left field from what you've normally expected. But it looks awesome. There's a lot of potential there. Cool. Sounds cool. But sitting next to that, was the Kadai Destroyer. Yay! Mm. Which the the sculptor was there showing it off um, as very much a work in progress. I think a lot of people have missed that part out. <laughs> no, I
1: know the Pictures for that first surfaced on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and some debate kind of started up. Has there been any progress since then uh, on that model, since it, it is a work uh, in progress?
5: That work in progress picture i think was the first pictures that's the first time anyone saw it was games day Mm -hmm. um so that's what you're looking at
1: um nothing since then
5: no uh, not that i'm aware of no uh he'll take that away it would take him quite a while to work on it i think that but that that guy is one of the main designers from tamakan he he's been with he's been at the ford warhammer ford stand the last two years i've been there had good chats with him um and he's he's busy working away on it <laughs> um, i don't know what your thoughts on
0: it were david i thought it looked pretty cool um i i've, I've really gotten into a wait and see it in person sort of mode the 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 metal bars sort of around its midsection looked a little strange and i know a lot of people thought it looked like it had really in the picture it did look like he had kind of tiny legs um but i love the i love the face with all the just the the you know, like they're 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 in, they're encasing a demon. It's not even in proper armor. It's like too big for that. They've encased him in just this big metal framework. Uh, I thought it, I thought it looked pretty cool, um, but like it's I said, not, it did seem to have little tiny legs.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> was that was my issue with it as well. The the details taken individually looked really good and it looked really well sculpted and detailed, but the physique seemed a little bit off balance. But then someone uh, tweeted that you know it's it is demonic. So maybe that lends itself towards being unbalanced and unnatural.
5: Well, I mean, it's nice to talk to two people who are willing to kind of look at it. I mean, I, the, the grief that came on Twitter from it, oh, it's rubbish, it's this, it's that, it's, it's whatever. Um, it doesn't look anything like the fluff was was one of my favorite comments because I actually went back to the Tamakam book and looked at the fluff. Uh, and have you actually read the fluff of the Kadai De- Destroyer?
0: I did when I bought the book, but not since. Yeah.
5: Because the f- the written fluff and the picture do not go together. <laughs> a lot of people have looked at the picture of the Kadai Destroyer, the, the the drawing in the Tamakan book, and they see a, a great fiery bull demon, and that's why people are talking about yeah you know, a thunder tusk, and we want to see a great big bull and blah blah blah, um, and then the fluff talks about a beast of metal, where a demon's encased into it, and. Um, the metal has to be cooled between battles um, because you know, otherwise, it's demons going to break out of it and whatever, and, and all these kind of things. And it's very much more more mechanical than it is anything else, which I think is first a lot of people's problem was they looked at the picture and then this things come up with mechanical bits on it and they've gone worse, well, not what it is. Um, so I think I think that's a part of the problem for some people.
1: See, I was not having read that. Bit of the fluff. I always thought it was almost like molten metal encased.
5: Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's kind of what's grown. Um, I think that's possibly an error on on their part in the book, but mm. but but so so that was part of it. And I think say I mean this. I think it's a long way off being finished. I think he's used bits and pieces to create a, a basis to work from. Um, the small legs thing makes me chuckle because. When we first saw the Morn Fang, a lot of people who's got small legs at the back, um, but people don't kind of look at that anymore. It's true. It, it's in become you know
1: look a lot better.
0: It's it'll be yeah, interesting that's, to see yeah, how that's how one that the definitely looks better in person. Exactly.
5: Yeah, it'll be. Inter- I mean, in fact, you said you like the face. The face for me was what, actually one thing I thought mm, not too sure about that. But he, there are going to be two or three options for the face as oh, well. Cool so there's going to be bits so then to want play. To
0: buy several of them I can have them feel the yeah, two right, two right. Yeah.
5: yeah got to feel two, two right things. absolutely if you can if you can get at the points limit I would
1: <laughs> <laughs> find an opponent willing sure <laughs> <laughs> exactly
5: um, so I think there's a lot of potential in it I can see I can see some people's comments I mean if you don't like the look of something you don't like the look of something it doesn't mean the model's not very good that that was my big issue with it um, it, it It will divide people. I think even when it's finished, it will divide people. But if you don't like it, then there's plenty of scope to go out and build something that you like that isn't a bullrog sat in the middle of an Arachnorok base.
0: So if you put some dead bodies around the Balrog's feet, it fits on the Arachnorok base. It's fine. It it is, but it's a Bit lazy. I
5: don't. I don't have a problem with people having a Balrog on the base. I think with uh, the but with the big well, horns, I, I a think problem. a lot of
0: people picture that Kadai Destroyer as a Balrog almost.
5: Yeah, maybe. But I have a problem with those people who put a Balrog on the base and then moan at this model.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're you not converting in- anything. You're just taking the Balrog.
5: Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen some brilliant ideas. The Stonehorn base which, in my opinion, looks quite good. You have a Stonehorn base and get a bull-type head on that. It can look really good. But I think I think there's potential in that destroyer. So it's, it's a bit different, and people have the argument, oh, it's too mechanical. And it's like, well, you've got steam tanks. You've got gyrocopters.
0: Oh, don't talk about I, the steam tank. Oh, dear exactly. Lord.
5: I, I, I think we can move on. I think people <laughs> yeah, need to move time. on that this is – yeah, you know, it's a fantasy game with that mechanical element it's not steampunk but it's it has elements in that and you know. yeah yeah well, steam ma-
1: tanks does it all as do the uh blood crushers I mean we can go on there's a lot of examples yeah you
5: know all the chaos Dwarf stuff there's so much in there that's that's that, that mechanical bent to it it's all powered by demons and magic you know you yeah. can explain anything you want really by well, it's magic so, yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> even even that, and again, I don't get this. Move, yeah, that's a different point. But if you don't, don't like the model, there's plenty of options to make your own. <laughs> Just see it as a challenge. Cheers, to, brother. To, <laughs> true, true. To, to move on, you know. We we can all. This, I, I'm in danger of ranting. Well, no, but, okay. I, but I
0: know where you're coming from because I've been. I, we've had this conversation before, and it's like they have to put out a model for it when they don't put out models we get mad oh everyone's got to make it they don't make a model for it now they have to make a model for it the way that their stuff is going cause they don't want anyone else making one for them and then make it if you don't like it make something else out of it i mean lord knows we've been doing converting i mean how many people just convert up whatever they want i mean the yeah. model comes out oh, i don't like that model I'll make something else there you go
1: it is a work in progress i mean it I mean, if it's halfway through the process as it stands, it lo- it looks great. It's a great start. Let's so yep. just let's just see where it goes.
5: Kind of as I walked as a, as we drove away, looking back at it, it looks very much like I mean, an early working program. He's taken bits and put them on, so these aren't they don't look they're not bits that are made for the Kadai. They're bits he's put together to create the concept for the Kadai to work off of.
1: That's what the hind legs look like.
5: Yeah. So. I mean, that could change quite a lot, but yet keep the essence of what he's trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, metal plating stuck on the side. Well, A, if you read the book, it's supposed to have metal plating stuck on the side. But he, when you get to the final model, that might be more integrated. But at the moment, it's just some bits that looked kind of like the shapes he wanted. It's a teaser. The areas he wanted.
0: Yeah. He's not know. done yet. It's a teaser here. We're, it, and, you know,
5: And this is a guy who's done a lot of the Chaos Dwarf stuff. The Tamarcon. This is a guy that actually you know, I, put, I trust him because I've seen him with his work at Games Day before.
0: I haven't seen um, a Tamarcon castworth model I haven't liked yet. In fact, I haven't seen the other ones yeah. I've liked as well. I mean, the, the stuff Empire the Empire, the stuff. stuff is excellent. Exactly. I mean, this even, guy
5: seems... Sorry, Karen. No, I was, Even
0: when we looked at the uh, Fireborn at first. I was like, oh my god, those look awful. And then I saw them at Games Day and I was like, oh no, I was wrong. The pictures didn't do these justice. These are kind of badass. Absolutely.
5: They they seem to have a good handle on it. Yep. So, yeah, and the the other um, the, the the big news from Warhammer Forge was, well, I'll say it's big news it's being talked about anyway, is the Battle for Blackfire Pass book.
0: We get a date What's on this- that or a uh- Estimated? That, mm,
5: we, I, I think, I was trying to remember now, I think she said maybe next year, but it's still a work in progress. So uh, right before the vampire FAQ then, okay. Yeah, I've got some news on that as well. Ooh, okay. Uh, the, the Warhammer, the, the, the woman in charge of the book, um, the main writer, we had a little bit, a brief chat with her as we were looking through some of the artwork. Yeah, it's focused around Blackfire Pass, obviously, the orcs and goblins marching in with the Empire and the dwarfs. And she said there's a few other elements involved in that as well. So, I mean, they're the three main areas we're looking at. The one thing she said is the orcs and goblins are very much getting a, um, the orcs and goblins have always had that jovial bent to them you know, you've always, the you know, the cockneys of the Warhammer world uh, who don't speak funny, don't speak proper, and, you know, <laughs> fool around a lot, that they're, they're going to be changed to mischievous and evil rather than funny and bad. Hmm. If, if you can understand what I mean.
1: I do. Oh, yeah. That means uh, kind of nasty goblins, insidious goblins.
5: Yeah. You know, the goblins are still going to laugh when a goblin gets eaten by a troll. Sure. But, it's not but gonna it, be just awkward.
1: as much as he'll laugh as he's sticking a spear into your belly. Yeah, it's
5: That's, not going to be, yeah, it's it's not all about the jokes. They're going to be have, creepy
0: little gits and not just silly little gits, yeah. The
5: artwork that they showed is much more intense, I think is the word. You know, the goblins are, the, the orcs are coming forwards to kill you. You know, they, mm. they there's, there's no joke about it. There's, no, there's, there's a walking, you know, 300-pound mass of orc coming at you with a big cleaver. It's <laughs> like, not, right. that, yeah. it's, it's, we're going to kill you. Um, which they're portrayed as in the books, but never quite make it to on the table, do
1: they? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, right. So they're, 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 kind of intensifying that. And they had, um they had a beautiful goblin shaman model. I don't know if you saw that either. Uh,
0: yeah. I, a, yeah. I saw the tweeted pictures of that. Night
5: goblin shaman back with his arms out, you know, head back, and the smoke coming out of his mouth, and forming the shape of a crescent moon above oh, him.
1: Well, I don't think I've seen that one.
5: Um, try and look it up, Chris. You, mm. you will love it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a gorgeous model, and and having a look at the artwork, and again having a brief with the writer, that looks like it's in great hands. Um, unfortunately, it's very much the third. It's third out of their their projects. I think it's it's. Heresy and Imperial Arm are very much still at the front, mm-hmm. and, and Warhammer Forge would always, yeah, they support it, but it's it's always going to be the third
1: step on that chain. Sure, so cool. I'm looking forward to that though. That sounds great. Yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah. sounds
0: brilliant. Well, listen, we're running close to getting to the end of our allotted time. Not that i, I mean, not for the show, but actually for the allotted time that we can be on the be online doing this recording. So, uh, Greg, what other news have you gotten? You said you had some news on the Vampire Counts uh, FAQ and stuff.
5: Well, um, I was walking around the tables and just happened to notice a friend in, um, games development. He's been in there two or three months. He's a guy who used to work at a store down where I am. So I had a brief chat with him. What are you up to? Oh, I'm on the, like, I'm on the FAQs and things like that. I was like, ah, I've got a friend in America who would very dearly like to know where the, uh, Vampire Counts FAQ is. Um, to which the reply was, yeah, that got pushed back because of the 40k FAQs. So it was, it was kind of in progress, and then they had to get all the forty FAQs, forty K FAQs done before the new book came out. But he did say it was with translators.
0: Oh, so they're in the final stages.
5: Yeah, so that that if if it's wrong, don't blame me. <laughs> but the guy at Games Day, I won't give his name out just in case. Um, he said that the Vampire Counts FAQ is with was with translators. This was two weeks ago, so fingers crossed. Fairly soon, we will get a an, a document up online. Yay. And everyone will be happy, even though it probably won't answer the, whatever question you want answered. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or it'll answer it in the way that I
1: don't want it to answer it. No, yeah. don't do that. Just the fact of them getting back into updating those would be great.
5: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it was purely down to 40K coming out that, that screwed that up. They haven't got a massive team, I don't think, doing that kind of part of it and obviously the 40k FAQs were quite a task yeah it was quite a bit of
0: it yeah I was reading through it
5: so yeah that, that's um, I think that was that was pretty much all to be honest i say games day is less about um, you know what's coming up now than it used to be it's more, more of a day out I mean they do aim it at kids fair enough but you get to look at some cool models and that
4: mm-hmm. excellent very cool all right,
0: well, was there any last things you wanted to tell us about, or is that the report from our European that's, correspondent?
5: Uh, that's UK Games Day, I think, as, as far as I'm aware. I'm probably forgetting some stuff. Well, sure, so, it's
0: partly probably because it's 1.30 in the morning by you.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, it's all right. I had a, I had a couple of hours sleep earlier. Okay. I came home and had
0: a little sleep. Grabbed a quick nap. Yeah. We'll yeah, try probably. to schedule these on the weekends from now on, so that way at least you don't have to get up for work in the morning
5: that's <laughs> uh, fun. of course it I feel for you I'm
0: going to be doing an interview with uh, Ronnie Renton and Jake the designer of Dreadball uh, a week from or two weeks from tomorrow I think it is and that's a uh, it's a get up at four in the morning to talk to them sort of deal <laughs> so
5: oh, boy. Pro- international podcast I? They're doing
0: my best all right well Greg thank you so much for coming on that's quite all right. And uh, we will have you on again at some point, hopefully before the end of the year. We'll get you on for the maybe the big Christmas wrap-up or something like that, get another report from, from our well, any, any time,
5: any time. Excellent. I'm, I've got to do one, actually thinking about it, um, after talking about the campaigns, and I know that the talk's been going on in the forums and that about the campaign gaming, um, our Blood Bowl campaign's finally coming to an end and we're moving on to our warhammer campaign and uh, dan who's my friend who's running it has uh, he's writing a game of throne of vines our campaign, awesome. nice. um, which our club's going to be partaking in and he's he's given all the races that are in, involved in it, all the armies a different house mm. to be part of which i just thought was a nice that we're just doing a little narrative campaign um but I just wanted to kind of, you know, it's another idea for people. It's, a it's got, it's got a, a goblin-led orc and goblin army, which is going to be Lannister, um, the goblin being Joffrey. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the other orc army is going to be Stannis, um, because, you know, the wrong bathians on the throne. Um, a pirate ogre army is going to be Greyjoys. Oh, God. My, my, my new ogre army that I've just... Bought a load more stuff for. Um, they're going to be the Dothraki. Nice. Uh, the the elves, which the guys got a penchant for, um, Dragon Princes are going to be the Targaryens. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be quite eventful. I just wanted to kind of, you know, give them cool. props. It's like a, a, it. another idea that you can do with your little. <laughs> your stuff I think his beastman army are going to be the, the wildlings
0: oh, and we're down from the north and I just had these guys going up into the northern wastelands and I thought that was clever Jeez, <laughs> yeah
1: David you're going to have to uh, be the, the fluff here a
0: little bit <laughs> yeah I, I kind of suck but the, 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 <laughs> the
5: difference being ours is a, a completely narrative campaign oh that's true so Dan, Dan can work with what he's got here and set the games up a little bit I mean we're not going to follow the Game of Thrones but just be influenced by so
1: that's cool the stage but, uh, Winter is
5: coming, right? Winter is coming. Excellent. I, I was gutted he wouldn't let me be the Starks. <laughs> I was like, I want to be the Starks. I'm going to write the fluff to be the Starks. He went, I've already got the Starks. Oh. I was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, sorry. Um, so I might, yeah, I, I, might, um, I might try and get a, a, a thread up if we get the, the campaign going properly. Cool. i feed into a bit of that as well, because that's something that I think you guys are, you know, you're pushing at the moment. That's good to see.
0: Yeah, we would. I'd love to see that stuff.
1: Yeah, that would
5: be cool. especially with some of the heated arguments that again are going around competitive gaming at the moment. It's good to remember sometimes why we we play the game in the first place. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, Dan, have a good evening. Get some and you gents. And good uh, yeah, and you, Chris. I'll uh, hopefully speak to you guys soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. And with that, we'll be back after this little break, folks. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute.
2: Out, Chamber. hey, this is Ryan Nickel. I'm driving to the uh, Memphis Battle Bunker right now with Rob Panoop. Um Listen to your uh, podcast about the Demon Special Characters on the way down. Wanted to give you a call and just so, you know, what some of my thoughts were just to fill in kind of maybe some things I thought you guys missed. Uh, so, I so guess to start with, I want to do uh, kind of mention the, the comp discussion that one of your other listeners called in about. Uh, the first thing, with the comp, we, I'm one of the players that kind of goes to these Midwest tournaments a lot of the time, you know, Blood in the Sun, Screw City, that, that there is a closed list. And there is, there are conversations that, that go on, you know, behind the scenes about, hey, you know, I play so-and-so, he's running this. But primarily just the, the details of the army, the magic items don't really come up, you know. It's, it's kind of like what Christy was talking about where, it, yeah, I ran into his over block and they held me up for two turns before I, and then I got flanked by this. Um, you don't really say specifically, oh, his water master has the stubborn crown and his Two butchers got to how hard, so watch out for that. I, there's no, like, there's not really that kind of conversation that's going on. It's more just talking about the games and how they go. Uh, so that, that's just my take on, you know, how that works. Although, specifically at Screw City, I know Johnny, uh, Hastings knew that my BSD had flaming attacks. So he was, uh, more than happy to do a, into a challenge with him with his, um, his lord, who had the black in place. So that was his advantage. But for the most part, I don't think that really comes up too often. Uh, moving on to the, the human special characters, uh, you mentioned Scarbrand having the eight attacks. He has the the seven attacks of a Bloodthirster plus an extra hand weapon, which is why he shows eight on his profile. And then he's got Frenzy. So he's got actually nine um, of the attacks. He's pretty crazy. Another thing to mention about him is because of the fluff, Korn, uh, the the guy Korn got really mad at him and basically chucked him down the mountain and basically uh, tore up his wings so he actually can't fly. So that's another another reason not maybe to take Scarvan. Not only if you give your, your opponent hatred, which, for me, all my bloodthirsters pretty much have hatred anyway. Yeah, I could forego the 100 points it costs per herald per unit, but he, does, he can't fly, so he doesn't get in the right, necessarily the right positions. You can block him up with all the chats that you normally can't block up a bloodthirster with. Uh, you know, your dogs, saber tusks, uh, furies if you're fighting demons, you, uh, you name it. You can send that, that frenzied bloodthirster wherever you want him. So, it's just a huge liability. Um, he's it's really cool cloth. Really cool to send send everybody with hatred on the battlefield. I did consider bringing him to skull, Screw City, uh, but at the end of the day, I I just thought it would be much too big of a boon for my opponents um, and not enough benefit for myself. So moving on, Kyros, um, you guys mentioned you know what two lures you would take out of the four on either on either head. Both heads can choose any four spells from any of those four lures. So you could have one death, one shadow, one fire, um, and one metal. And, and the same with the other head. Um, to talk a little bit about Skulltaker, I do I do bring Skulltaker in pretty much any time I can go to a tournament that involves special characters. He's just a lot of fun to play. You know, he's got great rules, great fluff, and the, his issues that I've run into are Grimgor. You know, with ASF, a um, high elf hero with ASF and high strength, negating his armor, and then I can't pass a couple armor steps or ward Uh So anybody that can go before him can usually put them in the dirt because they're usually a pretty strong character. Um, his other his other big weakness uh, with the new eighth edition magic items are the dragon helm, uh, dragon armor, um, the dragon Bane gem. You know, any anybody that has one of those items can challenge him out and basically negate all his, his properties. I have a had a lot of good experiences with him though, chopping down two champions of two over champions with hero killing glow before um, having the the fire get into the combat and challenging him out so I had to he had the, the two plus war save versus me. Or I think it actually is a four plus war save for the fire Uh but yeah he's a lot of he's a lot of fun. One thing to mention about all the special characters of the hero slot, like uh I guess it only applies to Epidemius and Skullteiger, but they do not count as heralds. So do they they do not give the locust benefit to their unit. So no four plus regen for
1: Welcome back to the garage, folks, and it is time for our campaign scenario. Yes, the first game of three in our
0: mini-campaign. Yes, the first game of three butt-kickings I'm about to take, so... Well,
1: we'll see. So so here we are. The first game here is Raise and Ruin. Yes, it is. The ruination of Glumhoff.
0: On a small crossroads along the old forest road lies the tiny village of Glumhoff. Here, brave citizens have dared to settle... Facing the horrors that live in and rampage through the Drakvald Forest, dun, dun, dun. but even though they're protected by stout walls and a watchtower built and garrison by soldiers of the Empire, there is constant danger of sudden and ruthless attack.
1: But in this case, it's a vampire who owns the place. This is a, this is a zombie factorum. <laughs> That's what's going on here. A big tomb, and the orcs and goblins recognize it, and they've come to sack.
0: Oh, look! The, There's something the over facilities. there. Let's smash it. So uh let's see. Uh you are the attacker, mm-hmm. twenty four hundred points. I am the defender at eighteen hundred points.
1: And um, you have elected to have three total buildings.
0: Yeah. Uh I think that was all I had a chance at holding. Um
1: otherwise you'd be too spread out. Is that the idea? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean there was okay. yeah, I mean I could have tried to put a fourth building in here, but I really felt with at eighteen hundred points, uh I mean I I didn't want to give up the buildings in combat, so I tried sure. to keep enough, you know, stuff in the buildings, um, and then have a few things to able to run out and try
1: to deal with small you know, chaffy stuff. Sure. So, so you've got uh, the watchtower in the center, uh, one building on each side of it, and then yep. some fence work kind of uh, next to the outer building. I,
0: I mean, I tried to make it actually look like something that was set up for defense. So yeah, it makes sense. In the bottom right-hand corner of the buil- of the of the of the board, yeah, if you're looking at like a photograph from where I'm sitting, yeah, you got the three the three towers. Two on the left and right are up a little bit. The center one sunk back a little bit. Uh, the 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 center one is the watchtower. That's the one that's right. worth two points.
1: And then the other two are each worth a point. A single point. So the objective here for me is to kill more or hold more points in buildings than you have at the end of the game.
0: Right. Now, this was an interesting scenario because, first of all, I get 75%, like we said, so I'm at 1,800. Mm-hmm. Uh, I place all the terrain for the battle. So I should have put more forests down.
1: <laughs> I'm good with it, how it is. Yeah.
0: but um, So I've got basically some fences and, and walls up. On either side of my three towers, I didn't want to put them right in front of it. There was really no point. Sure. Um, there's two forests. Uh, I don't know about nine, ten inches each in front mm-hmm. of my two buildings. There's another forest, sort of center of my buildings, but in your deployment zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a forest off to the left by itself, and a hill on the what the top left corner. So
1: uh, the one hill and the one forest all the way to the left. Everything else is kind of to the right here. Yeah, so I'm going to be shooting through trees uh, quite a bit to try to destroy your building. So the overall strategy, if you want to go into the strategies.
0: Right. Uh, So once we put everything out, I put out my entire army first. Up to half of them can be anywhere on my half of the table. But the remainder of it has to be within six inches of the long... So at least half has to be within six inches of the back edge. And then the rest can can be anywhere else in my deployment zone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, my my deployment zone is half the board. Uh, It's literally half the board, but obviously I'm not using that much because we're not playing that big of a right, game. Right. Uh,
1: you get Well, probably, it behooves you to go all the way to the... Back. I fully ex- expected you to deploy everything, buildings included, all the way as far back as you could to buy yourself more time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I put the two up a little bit just so that the other one was a little defended. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's a little mm-hmm. bit behind, a little backed up. Sure. Now, the victory conditions. At the battle's end, the side with the majority of the buildings controlled is the winner. If there's no majority, the game's a draw. So the watchtower counts up. So there's three buildings, but the watchtower counts for two points.
1: Right. So there's four points out there.
0: There's four points out there to take. Um, you cannot. One unit can't control more than one building. If you destroy a building, it's not controlled, but it counts as one point to the attack to the attackers' total. Basically, if you can destroy the buildings, mm. you'd have to destroy one of the two. Would have to be the watchtower because they're only worth right. a point so when they're destroyed. The game, yeah,
1: it's, it's the watchtower plus one of the other buildings.
0: Yeah. Let's see. Buildings except for the watchtower, which has its own rules, toughness 7, minimum strength 5 to damage. No armor saves or anything. Doesn't say it has anything. No. The units must choose whether to shoot at the building or the unit inside. The template templates that strike buildings will affect the building as well as the unit inside it. Each building can take 5 wounds before collapsed building. They count as dangerous terrain when they collapse and the units inside take 2d6 strength 4 hits. Mm-hmm. If you come at close combat, you cannot attack the building if I've got a unit in it. Right. If it's empty, I can try to You can just hit attack the building, the building yeah. yeah. Unoccupied buildings can be attacked by a single unit uh with 10 models just like if you were assaulting a building. Uh the building's hit automatically mm-hmm. if you're attacking an empty building. It doesn't try to block or dodge. Sure. <laughs> Even zombies will auto-hit. Yeah. Uh watchtower is specifically built for defense and gains advantages. It's toughness 8 with 6 wounds. And because of the extra loopholes and firing positions, up to 10 models per floor can fire out of the watchtower. Additionally, models can always stand and shoot from the watchtower, regardless of how close the charges might be. I was really hoping our listeners were going to tell me to play dwarves. I kind of was, because it's mm. like I started to realize as I'm reading all these scenarios, it would be nice to have some shooting. It
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> would be helpful for you at this point. That is what's it's what I'm banking on, Frank. Because
0: I would have had thirty handgunners in that damn building. No, no, doubt, that's, no doubt, That's a one, two, three stories. Thirty shots coming in. Thirty shots from handgunners, um, but that's the game. Now the turn, the game is seven turns because you're going to go first. The attacker goes first, uh, and I come onto the board. You come I'm onto a, the I'm board on your first turn. Edge, right. So I think the I, we we're talking about that. The reason I think you get seven turns is because on the first turn, any sort of shooting isn't really going to happen.
1: War Machine shooting certainly will not. War
0: Machine, anything that's move or fire is not going to get a chance. So you'll get six full turns of shooting Mm -hmm. uh, if you go to that seventh turn. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had to deploy first. Let's see. What have I got here? Well, I guess we ought to go over our lists, and then we'll go on to turn one. Here's my list. 1,800 points. Vampire counts. Okay. I have a unit of... Thirty-seven skeletons with full command. In that unit is the Master Necromancer, General Master of the Dead.
1: Okay, so that's a big horde of skeletons, not Grave Guard. Skeletons, yeah, big difference. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I have eighteen hundred points. I'm not. I can't right. afford Grave Guard. You have a lot of. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, I did take a couple of characters because I figured if you did storm the building and I was picking ten characters, I wanted someone who could fight and do some combat Pick resolution. 10 models. Yeah. Some of those would be characters, sure. right?
1: I was expecting that to happen.
0: Uh, basically, these two units are very similar. I got one unit of thirty-five zombies in the one forward building with a vampire, and I got another unit of thirty-five zombies in the other building with a vampire. Makes sense. So they're just hero level, but I put something because I knew if I just had zombies, they weren't going to last right, very long. Right. At least this way, I get some chance to attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a corpse cart. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a unit of three Crypt horrors, a unit of three fell bats. Two single spirit hosts and the Mortis engine.
1: The Mortis engine and the Crypt horrors surprised me. I wasn't expecting to see those. Well, I didn't think you would. (laughs) So we'll see how those pan out. Well,
0: uh, I figured the Mortis engine is going to help me make sure I get some decent magic off because Mm -hmm. I need to keep. I mean, my plan is to grow in zombies. Yeah, yeah. uh,
1: Like there's no tomorrow.
0: Of course, but then you showed up with the one thing I was worried you might show up with,
1: and that's a lot of shooting. And it's frankly the only thing that I can show up with that gives me any hope to win this game at all. See, I kind of disagree because I just figured are those both units of Savage
0: Orcs? Or they is, are. Uh, so those are not Black Orcs. No, Between no, Savage Orcs, yeah. just, I mean, a few, get up to the front of the building and within a few turns, with all the extra attacks and the frenzy and the chopping...
1: But here's the thing. It, it'll take me f- f- probably five turns before I can charge you. Maybe four. How do you figure? Well, I move on. Four inches. Mm-hmm. I move eight. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't know, maybe maybe three, but whatever it is, three, four turns of combat, I don't think is enough. Wh- it, while I'm getting there, you're growing zombies? I have to assume you're going to have some pretty good magic phases.
0: But uh, I'm looking across the table at...
1: Uh, I have two groups of 35 Savage Orcs. One is Biggins. <sighs> okay. Um, two units of uh, Wolf Riders, just to run around and get in the way. Uh, level four Savage Orc, level two Savage Orc black orc general and a black orc bsb uh on top of that i've got two rock labas two doom divers and six spear chuckas. <laughs> so it's going to be operation shoots shoot shoot shoot, shoot. Uh, so so we'll see how it plays out right so i'm curious to see how you're going to react you're going to come out meet me to prevent the shooting i don't have much to come out and meet you with and you and have more than i expected. Really? Yeah.
0: So well I'm so, we'll to, see how it works out. Yeah. I mean I've I've got what I've got and doing my best with it, so mm-hmm. I'm just hoping you have a lot of bad scatter rolls. That's I'm crossing my fingers
1: for bad scatter dice. It is green skin, so that's liable to happen.
0: Alright. So uh we'll take the first uh turn and be right back. Okay.
1: Here we are. Into round one. End of turn one. Uh, you started. Yeah, I moved on. Not much happened. My war machines move on. They can't shoot. I tried to cast a hand of Gork on one unit of savages, which you promptly dispelled.
0: You six-diced it. It didn't irresistible force I, I rolled
1: a 27.
0: I rolled You six-diced it. I, I only had four. I four-diced it, well, but you, I, you I double-sixed sixed it, it I so say. that went away. Yep. Um, Your one unit of um, wolf riders... Ran through the forest, and one mm-hmm. guy
1: didn't make it, mm-hmm. which is nice because now you don't have to test him for animosity, as you said. Actually, since they moved on the table, they couldn't march, so they didn't technically march through the forest, which means they wouldn't have lost that one. Then put him back. Yeah. Well, so we'll put him back. So which means they're still subject to animosity, which I don't like.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you could just leave him back there and march
0: him through the forest on, on turn two. Yeah. But, uh, um so that's basically you. You moved your. Mm-hmm. wolf riders and you missed your spell i moved up my bats my spirit hosts my crypt horrors i managed to get off one spell uh i grew 13 zombies on one uh nine on the other mm-hmm. and uh nine
1: skeletons It's a lot of models
0: so for people following along at home because these units are all in buildings, uh, I have a zombie on top of the building with the vampire, and then I have two ten sided dice with just the numbers on top of the building mm-hmm. so I mean because they're not leaving the building so right. rather than just have tons of models out and making it a lot quicker, roll the dice sure, change change sure. the numbers on the on the dice
1: and and we're done makes sense so that's really it that's turn one, so I think things will start happening. Starting now, One, now that shooting won't pick up. Now that your ten war machines are <laughs> going to start firing. Oh, good golly. Good so, juice. Well, it's the only chance I have, so let's do it. Yep, let's go.
0: And turn two. Rather not, not a, a lot happened. Well, we're trying to get in contact with each other. I don't have much on the table, and you're trying to get in place. So uh, so
1: I did a bunch of shooting.
0: Well, you charged forward. You charged all uh, oh, the wolves and the, wolves into the, into the bats. bats, and you managed to kill two of the three bats. But not kill the unit. Not the unit. Uh, you did pull your BSB and your level four out of the unit. Mm-hmm. Um and then they move forward, um your big ones. your other one's actually running up the right my right side of the table. I had pushed forward my ghouls, and you kind of came forward and
1: angled around your cri you I mean, mean. my crypt yeah. Horrors, yeah well you're you're making an aggressive push towards my war machines as you should, and I can't allow you to get to them, so that's why I've angled them to potentially charge you. See, and we actually had a little discussion about this because I was surprised because
0: I'm not gonna get to your machines. Before, I mean, we're starting turn three. I won't get to them until turn four. Sure. Which means if I kill a war machine a turn,
1: mm-hmm. I can take out three in it, the game. It may come down to one war machine's worth of damage. It could. It could. Because my shooting this turn, I hit you with a, a rock lobber, but only did one wound. Yes. Which is uh, pretty bad. Uh, you'd hit me with both
0: doom divers, but they didn't wound the building. Because they need to roll sixes to wound. They need sixes to wound. All six of your throwers missed. Correct. Uh, which, yay. No, that's a boo. <laughs> For you. <laughs> I mean, my zombies don't care. They're just watching sure, the things sure. go by going, Urgh. Yeah, they don't know. Uh, I was just thinking, can I eat that? <laughs> <laughs> now, on my half of the turn, I charged into those uh, wolf riders with both of my spirit hosts. Right. Into the flank. Into the flank. Um, I managed to kill two. I did no wounds. So, I so had, you won combat I won readily. combat,
1: and you needed a three- and, and you got insane courage. I'm so it. annoyed. Yes. I am so irritated. Those wolves are holding up that flank, protecting my rock lobbers. I
0: needed that freed up. That really screwed me. That insane courage. It's like it's things are going funky. It's they're, they're, we're both kind of getting bad. You missed with oh, you missed with six doom divers, and you rolled snake eyes for your magic phase. You're right. So, and uh, I actually, you got no channels, and I got one. So we both had the same amount of dice. I mean, it was it's just not much happening. In magic, yeah, though. nothing happened. You actually didn't even get your spell off. Yeah. Right. I didn't even have to roll. Oh, by the way, yeah, Black up. Black up. Those two mm. are saved. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Do you have to use it in your very next phase? Oh, you you're right. It? I did, and I didn't ah. use it, but
0: that's okay. I wouldn't. I w- I really had nothing to use it right. for sure.
1: anyway, so it doesn't matter. So that that concludes turn two, so we're into turn three.
0: Uh, well, my turn two, I I kind of shimmy my cryptoris sure. off to the side. I didn't want to back them up. Yeah. Uh, I got to try to move them forward. But basically, right now, you need to roll an eight to get into their flank. Right. If you do that, they're destroyed, but you're off to the side until at least mm-hmm. turn four. Right, correct. Because you're frenzied. You're going to have to overrun, and you That's might right. run off the board, which will save my bacon for right, a while. Right, right, right. Um, in my magic phase, I grew back some more zombies. Right now, tower number one has 60. Tower number two has 57. Jeez.
1: And there are 50 skeletons in the in the watchtower. even if I get to you, do you really think if the savages make it to that building that they can chop their way through that whole unit? With that many attacks, It'll be 30 hitting attacks, on three... Thir- uh, three attacks piece, ten models, 31 attacks with a champion.
0: I think you'll kill 20, mm-hmm. and then I'll crumble 20,
1: mm, and maybe. within two turns they'll be gone. I, right. that's,
0: that's the problem. Uh, that's why I'm just building and building and building yeah, and building. ready for the assault. Yeah, this building no. is just, I mean, they're just piled up on top. I don't even sure. know how they're fighting. They're just laying on top <laughs> of each other at this point. But uh, I'm just hoping you have some more bad luck with your...
1: With my shooting? With yeah, your, That was an awful but, shooting phase. That,
0: yeah, but... Uh, yeah, that's kind of so, brutal. So
1: statistics say I should have an amazing shooting phase at some point. Well, yeah. But we'll
0: see. But we'll see. So... Basically that's it um, We got a, one combat still going on Magic hasn't done much Except grow some zombies And that's it
1: Yep So we're into turn three
4: Alright
0: End of turn three
1: yeah, so a lot happened this turn.
0: Uh yeah. Um you rolled Okay. Um you charged my cryptors with your
1: unit of with my general's unit general's of seven. The the woods turned out to be a venom thicket. Well first I failed the charge. You failed you so needed an eight, you rolled a seven. I was stuck in that thicket, and what happened there?
0: Uh you ha- you you got five dead
1: five dead orcs.
0: Five dead orcs from on, the forest from the
1: from the forest.
0: Uh, then your magic phase. I rolled a snake eyes again. Again, uh, You managed to get a channel, so you had three dice. Mm-hmm. I got two, so I got three dice.
1: So I rolled foot of gork to try to hit a building. And failed. Well, I hit irresistible. Right. But the foot drifted off the building. Right. And only, s- only just.
0: So then I just black did my
1: two Right, dice. for your next phase. Um,
0: your rock labas and doom divers destroyed the watchtower. Mm-hmm. So you've got two of your three points you need to win this game.
1: Right. Um, so right now we're, it's at a draw. If I can get the other building... The game's over. I've got, uh, what, four turns of shooting to do it? Yeah. You're going to kill these buildings. Well, we'll see. Because on my right flank, your small support units are bearing down on my rock lobbers now. Right. And I'm hoping that they'll be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: your six uh, spear chuckas. Five misses, one Mm -hmm. hit, no wounds. Right. So once again, they've done nothing. So that's uh, 12 shots total with nothing to show for it. Yeah. Uh, I did manage to kill that small unit of. The Wolf Riders? The Wolf Riders, which allowed all my overrun, which is why I'm in the back corner over there. But that's basically it. On my turn, um, I moved a bunch of stuff forward. The Mortis Engine has moved forward. Hopefully, the Pulse will start Mm -hmm. killing off some of your guys because we're starting turn, what, four? Turn four. We're starting turn four, so it'll be four. It'll be strength four. Right. Um, I did manage to get
1: off pretty much all my magic that I wanted to. Yeah, so my savage orcs, the biggins that are going to assault that building, are heading into a, a unit that <laughs> has, what, always strikes first? Yeah, they
0: got always strikes first because the corpse cart's there. So right. I got off the Van Hells, which allows them to re-roll or fail to hit. Well, uh-huh. actually, first I did Hellish Vigor, which allowed them to re-roll the wound rolls, yeah. which you didn't like, and you tried to stop... Which I didn't. Which you didn't, uh, and that pretty much ended. you stopping it. So the corpse cart gives them the always strikes first, and then since I had a free reign, I threw in, I cast Van Hells. So I'm re-rolling to hit, re-rolling to wound. And you're hitting first. And I'm always striking first. <sighs> it doesn't matter. You're still going to get a bajillion
1: attacks. 30 attacks. 31. That's Yeah, that's insane. I'm going to get 10. But although it, so much will hinge on how your vampire... In that unit is kitted out. It's probably pretty good, I'm guessing. Otherwise can't kit him out too much. He's a, he's a hero
0: level, so he yeah, can't have still too much. Good. So that's basically what we're looking at right now is what mm-hmm. can he do? Um, uh, we're just hoping that he does enough to uh, hoping he's got enough to do some real damage. Mm-hmm. That's all I can. That's all I can hope for at this. Well, point. Well, I think
1: if you can weather this turn of shooting. Things will start to look better for you because then you can start to roll my war machines. Uh, Let's hope because the war, you know, still, you've only got to take out one
0: building and you've got 10 of them. Wow. I got to be honest, I don't think this is going to go past like turn five. I think one more building is going to blow up and that's the game.
1: We'll see I mean there's always so, a chance That I flub all my shooting rolls But we'll see And if happens. that happens Then we'll, yeah, we'll see yeah.
0: Right now at best We can do is a draw Right Which if it winds up a draw Then we gotta figure out Who's well, for the who, next yeah, game I guess we can
1: roll for it At that point Yeah, yeah. Alright So on to turn four Okay turn is this we just ended the third no we played the third this was the top of four. Oh, top of four yeah because it was your oh, he- right yeah. right right yeah my, my form okay
0: I forgot because we barely played it oh Christ True. so you uh, shot with one of your rock labas and you hit but you didn't do the damage mm-hmm. second one hit did the damage five wounds which is
1: exactly how much the building had building crumbled and that game ends the over. Game.
0: Yeah. So so that's it, it. it. Ends
1: pretty quickly. I mean, it was about halfway through. Yeah, they allotted seven turns.
0: Yeah. I, uh, so, but that's the game. I mean, basically, right. if we're talking about how the game went.
1: Um, that's the game. Um,
0: so let's talk about
1: strategies and thing and things sure. going into the game. So sure.
0: Well, you know what? Here, let's let's take a quick commercial break because we've just gone through all the turns. Got to got to. Time's a tyrant. Got to pay the sponsors. So we'll do that really quick, and then we'll come back. Because I think there's a lot. There's actually a lot to discuss about the scenario and the game itself and how it went. So let's let's analyze it. I think the the scenario and the way we had to play this Mm -hmm. was a lot more interesting than the actual who won or the game itself. Totally agree. So we'll be back. Okay. Hey, folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut So we're back. We are back. Welcome back to the Garage, you tools. And uh, so raise and ruin. Um, you raised.
1: <laughs> I raised I, I a ruined. lot, and you ruined. I ruined. Yes. Uh, so what was your thinking going into this scenario?
0: Well, as I was reading the scenario, um, I figured I got to fortify the buildings because I know you're going to have savage orcs. I knew you were going to bring savage orcs mm-hmm. because... They're blenders.
1: Infantry shredders.
0: Yeah. I mean, the most I can put back in a unit with getting off with my level four, Mm -hmm. if I managed to roll the 12, I could put 16 zombies back. I knew with 30 attacks and the crumble, you could take more than that out per turn. Right. Now, when you finally got into combat, I had 75 zombies in each building. (laughs) That's a lot to chew through. (laughs) But uh, I was basically... uh, I was... I was totally banking on the time. Can I slow you down enough? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Now, were you anticipating me? I was anticipating war machines. You were? Okay.
0: Well, I figured you're going to bring some and try to hit that building and break the building. I knew
1: you would try something. I did not expect ten Ten war war machines. machines. (laughs) Well, to be honest, I really only needed the two two rock lobbers because the other ones didn't do anything. Right. All eight of them didn't do a single wound.
0: Well, that is true. That Yeah. I mean, it, we, the Doom Divers, I was kind of lucky. I mean, because they did scatter onto the buildings. They just weren't strong enough. You were, right. you were throwing them at the big building. Their strength, five. It's toughness, eight. You needed sixes. Sixes are um, wounded, yeah. Um, but the Rock Labas, I mean, anytime you deviated, you mm-hmm. deviated a two.
1: Back onto the building.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you didn't deviate off the building. And when you rolled, like, eights and tens, you rolled bullseyes. eyes. So right. the eight and ten right. didn't matter. Yep. So and every you know, for the record, every time you rolled an eight or a ten, the directional dice like mm-hmm. moved behind a building or something where I couldn't see oh, it. Oh, so, couldn't see. It. Well, I mean, so I I'd lean. So I see eight, and I would lean. Which direction? Bullseye! Oh, bullseye! Damn it! <laughs> every single bullseye! It, like uh-huh. I, I couldn't see the bullseye when you rolled an eight or a so ten. It's giving you some false <laughs> hope. So, like, yes, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. It's like the story of my life. It's like I, that's like my dating scenario from when I was in high school. It's so close.
1: It's so far. <laughs> Uh, so you anticipated the war machines? Uh, I anticipated some war machines. You know, it's a tough scenario because knowing that you were expecting war machines, I don't know as a VC player what you could have taken to counter all the all that shooting that was going to be coming at your building.
0: You know, I took a bunch of fell bats, and it was funny. I actually, in the, the original list, I ha- I didn't have the spirit hosts. I took fell bats.
1: Because they're faster?
0: Because, they yeah, they can move 10 inches. Yeah.
1: And I figured I can get them into some war machines in the back. For spirit hosts, You know, I would usually have characters armed with magic weapons, which they ha- there are anyway, Right. and move them out. And that's what I did when your spirit hosts... Which was bizarre. Well, I had to because your spirit hosts represent the, the and the bats are the biggest threat to my war machines, and I can't allow those to start going down. Right. That's the only thing I can do to win the scenario. So that's why I had to b- the BSB and the level, sh- level 4 shaman leave the unit... To chase down a bat and two spirit hosts. you never see that in a regular game. Well,
0: and if I'd have had shooting, I don't know if you'd have been able to. Because I, I would I have,
1: would I have risked it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know.
0: If I had some shooting, and I didn't have any long range, any long range magic missiles, mm-hmm. I didn't have anything that could get to them. Uh, that's actually why I started moving the. I I I was willing to give up the plus two magic, and I was moving out the. Uh, the, the, mortise engine? the mortise engine. If it can move eight inches. If I can start moving it, and if I can get that pulse, mm-hmm. and on turns four, five, six, D six, strength sure. four and strength five hits against each of those. Right. Because they're each their own unit now. Kill the
4: characters. Uh, yeah. Sure. I might sure. be able to
0: kill the characters because I. Bl- I don't remember if it's no if it's no armor save or not, but I know it's. I mean, it's good. It'll probably kill them. Yeah. And I was like, time. once they moved them out, I'm like, well, I'm going to move the
1: engine towards them and hope that right. the pulse
0: reaches them. But it was too little, too late.
1: See, um, I would have thought maybe uh, one approach would be... I mean, it's an uphill battle for the VC for sure, uh, but if you have a lot of... Um,
0: I thought about taking the Vargeist again, but I'm like, there's
1: just so many things that if he mm, can just... No, I, I wouldn't even go with that. I think... But they can fly, and they're vampiric. They can move 20 inches. Yeah, possibly. Maybe those, and I, I keep on saying the um, Hex Wraiths because they can Vanguard that
0: yeah the hex wraiths might have been good but the, see it's especially with this i know when you take when you know you're facing vc mm-hmm. you are taking shooting. magic 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 shooting just to to target those sure. things and the hex wraiths i mean i can get three spirit hosts for the cost of one unit of hex wraiths and that, right. they don't move as fast yeah, i think they're
1: a little too specialized
0: yeah, right. they're it's, they're hard to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not I'm not that good of a player to use them really effectively. Mm-hmm. I've I've I mean I've I've had them and they've done well at times, but too often if people target them, I don't know how to keep them it's, safe. It's so
1: matchup dependent. I mean, right. there's so much magical shooting and magical attacks out there. Mm-hmm. Between Skaven, Demons, Wood Elves, I mean, that's the thing. I've spells. got these
0: Ethereals, and you're like, well, yeah. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, they're so hard to destroy, and I can't do anything about them.
1: In a minority of situations, they're that's not, the case.
0: The fact is, there's five of them. They're going to do five strength, five hits. Yeah. Yeah, I could run them through your war machine, possibly run through the side and pick one war machine. Okay, I did five right. strength,
1: five hits, no armor save. Great. But it's the fact that they're Vanguard, so you can move them up. Right. They're fast cav. Can they march? They they are
0: not vampiric, not vampiric, so no, they cannot okay. march. But well,
1: at least they can get up quicker. Yeah, they can still move eight. So I'm thinking of units that you can get up to threaten my war machines right away.
0: Well, and like I said, I had I had some crypto's which I I moved up twelve on the first move and figured if I can get them up a little more, right. Um, it, it was just it was a weird matchup. It was a tough matchup. Um, I don't know what I had in this to really. As, I mean, in this scenario, this was like the best possible matchup for you of the of the armies that we had given people to choose mm-hmm. from. Right, um, dwarfs. I think with a little more shooting and a little t- a little more resilience, mm-hmm. I could have put a couple of smaller units in the building. They would have done more damage. Yeah,
1: and uh, had better you know armor to to take some damage. Then you have uh, shooting that you can take to counter my shooting.
0: Yeah, because then I would have had a I would have had at least two cannons, and sure. I would have been trying sure. to cannon
1: snipe your your war machine. See, when we rolled up the scenarios, and I chose to be the attacker, when I was driving home that night, I thought, oh, I made a mistake. I should have been the defender at
0: first because I didn't realize I hadn't read the scenario. I didn't realize you could destroy the buildings.
1: When I saw that, I was like, oh, and but you then walk- I have to do a little. More you machines. walked out of here,
0: and I was like. Ah oh, damn! I only get three quarters of the army, man. I got to defend it, and I'm looking at this going, "Wait, I got to defend buildings." Oh, I I got this in the bag. I'm yeah, gonna you, the yeah. Bag.
1: if it was if it was strictly by building assault, there's no way it would take me three. It took me three rounds just to charge you. First of all, right, and I did some damage, but not enough. I mean, how many zombies did we did you have in there, and how many are left? I think well, you had seventy in there, and there's like fifty left. You killed eighteen and won the combat by ten. You killed twenty-eight. But how many are
0: left? Uh, forty-five. You so killed that's a third there's two them.
1: more rounds of combat. Yep. Right. Yep. Because you're going to raise some.
0: If I can, and at the most I can raise is like I mean, if I get a good, if I got, if I roll the twelve, I could raise sixteen. And that's really dependent yeah. on do I got enough dice? Am I going to be able to get it off? Sure. And even with the eighteen, I mean, I was, I got the, I mean. It would have been much more, except I got off those two. I was rerolling hits and wounds. Mm -hmm. Because my vampire... Red Fury. His Red Fury. He
1: he killed eight. He killed eight. On his own. And that's the other thing. Every time we get into combat, if he kills eight guys every time... But that was with the
0: rerolling hits, rerolling wounds. I got to get all those spells off.
1: He's still... I mean, the corpse card is giving you the ASF, so he's still rerolling to hit. That is true. So he's probably going to kill seven, eight every turn. And those are orcs that I can't bring back. So...
0: Yeah, but you had 40 over three no, turns. I had 30,
1: 35. 35. You killed eight, so I'm down to 27. Right. If I can kill eight a turn,
0: then, 19, you, you, then you, would 11. Have, you would have guys there at the
1: end of the game. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm saying. I'm, the zombies weren't down, doing enough. Yeah.
1: magic there. But, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, I thought about, oh, if I can take squigs, any model that has multi multiple attacks.
0: It was weird because this was a really fun scenario. We I know we talked about this before. Scenarios like this mm-hmm. don't need to be balanced. Right. You know, we knew it wasn't balanced. I was coming in with less guys, but I had all the defensive positions yeah, you said the
1: terrain. And the, the way you did the terrain was actually very smart. I was not anticipating forests in the middle to block up all my uh, spear chuckers. Yeah. I, j- I just wasn't. So I saw those forests. I'm like, oh, that's really going to diminish my chances. And I was, I felt an immense amount of pressure. I,
0: I will admit those this. Those first couple turns of because shooting. Because you had to come in on the back table edge. Yeah. It took every ounce of me not to be a jackhole and just line forests on the table edge. So that way, you were in the forest shooting. So that no matter what, mm-hmm. there was forest blocking you because <laughs> you were in the forest. Right. I, I was going to be a jerk and be like, yeah. minus one to all your shooting. If
1: you had done that, I would have taken it. I mean, it's it's your territory. The right. orcs are coming in and sacking this right. and just mausoleum the, 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 or whatever the it is. The orcs coming
0: out of the forest, coming to my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, but i mean i wanted it to look like something i mean i you know there's a difference between the setting up the terrain i set up the terrain to the to my advantage mm-hmm. while still making it i think fair yeah i didn't want to be a jerk no cuz i totally could have done stupid things with the terrain mm-hmm. and i didn't but i did have you know i had one forest just basically in front, like I said, eight or nine inches in front of each. So you had to come through them. Mm-hmm. They were both actually forests that were causing you dangerous terrain. Yep, they so did some damage. It, you, they were doing damage. Um, and actually with the size of your unit, you almost had uh, you know, you almost had them back. I should have mm-hmm. actually had those forests a little closer because as long as you're in the forest, you're taking damage and while you're at the building, right.
1: assaulting the building. Well, you couldn't have known how, uh, how, how they both of my out, units are five wide and they're right. deep. They're very, yeah. I usually go 10 wide for the extra attacks. But there's attacks. no point
0: in this one because well, you get precisely. 10
1: guys. Why would you do it? Precisely. Um, so let's let's turn the tables then. If you were the attacker, what would you have oh, tried doing? I, have See, no I, I relish the idea of being the defender because then I'd have tons of savages in each building with tons of attacks
0: Yeah, to I to be off the assault. And here's the thing. That was kind of my question for you because we were playing it this way. You could have taken as many savages as you want. I mean, you could have had like 50 or 60 in each building. As a defender? Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't need any of those war machines. Nope. Um, You've taken a couple of squigs just to throw them at my front lines and slow me down. Maybe. I I don't even know if I'd do that. I mean, you had to have at least three units. What would you have taken besides three units of savages in each building? Maybe
1: some uh, wolves to divert, you know, something that I don't want to get in combat with.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Just slow things down and and chew things up because... I don't know what I could have taken what could I take that's gonna stop three attacks apiece,
1: yeah, because you don't have a lot of shooting.
0: I don't have anything that has that many attacks Maybe. I would have had i mean even if I would have taken a big unit of say uh the Vargeists right who get the extra who get all the attacks and stuff like that uh how many monstrous infantry can attack About five I think I think it's three. Is it three? I think it's only three. So then I would have had nine attacks to your 30. Right. I mean, there's that's nothing, not a lot. Yeah. There's nothing in this army. I would have had to have attacked with, like, three vampires in a unit. I would have had... To, that's what I would have Load done. up on vampires, I would sure. have just put... A, I would have put three vampires in a unit it just, and, it and just, just beat the, it with yeah. a ton. And I would have probably taken it with... Uh, Ghouls, mm-hmm. hoping to get the poison sure. for the auto wound. Sure, and
1: each model gets two attacks.
0: And each model gets two attacks, and that would have been it. I would have had a unit with, in fact, what of twenty five? I would have had a unit of like sixty ghouls, with okay. three vampires
1: in it. Three vampires is kicking out how many attacks? Um, About fifteen. Is it five attacks?
0: Well, each? They get, the vampire heroes get four attacks apiece. Uh, I would have probably. I one had the sort of battle. The other ones, I would have probably tried to give something. Um, Like a, uh, you know, the fencer's Blade. Extra attacks, extra attacks yeah, So let's call it 15. Extra hand weapon. And I probably would have skipped even the magic weapons. i have gone, you know, extra right. hand
1: weapon with each of them. So call it 15 attacks for the three, three vampires plus another 14 from the other seven ghouls times two. Yeah, and I would have Red Fury so each 29. and every vampire. But, so you're probably going like about again, 35 attacks. Here's the
0: thing. I don't even know if I could get... I'd probably have one vampire lord and two vampire heroes because... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I had 600. I could have taken three. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would have had to do. Sure. And, I mean, that's... About
1: 35 attacks Yeah Somewhere in that new that's route That's basically
0: putting Everything into that unit And then I would have Had to run chaff In front of the unit To right. stop your chaff Yeah From stopping my right, Your unit, unit.
1: <laughs> uh, And that's what I would have had to do Is just but What about the Coven Throne If you Do you have to be in Base contacts For for To roll that effect Where my guys All attack themselves Yes it
0: has to be in. I uh, have to be in combat So I would have had to Have him charge the building too Yeah that's Here's yeah, that, the that, thing that, that wouldn't work Coven Throne with a vampire on it. Oh, I could have put the Vampire Lord points. on a Coven
1: Throne, but it's so many points. And, and if you're charging with a Coven Throne, that's the only thing you can charge with into a building. That's the other thing. You can only charge with one unit at a time, right? Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, so if that's. So I got so I got a leadership 10. Mm-hmm. What's your leadership? Eight or nine?
1: Eight or nine, depending and on And I on have character. to beat
0: you by six with that roll. I'd have right. to roll a six and you rolled a one to have yeah, all your. Yeah. Now then your whole unit. Not just the guys in combat. That whole unit attacks itself. Attacks itself. Oh, yeah. I've
1: been on receiving any of that.
0: And with your strength five choppas mm-hmm. on your toughness four guys, yeah, that would have mm-hmm. worked. It's, 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 it's impractical for the scenario. That's a though. long shot, though. I think that this was a hard... I think orcs versus vampires... It's Actually, it has often been a rough matchup for me mm. when we've played it because you have... So many attacks when you come so in. So many
1: relatively high strength attacks. Yeah, and
0: yeah. I have a lot of stuff, but it's just it doesn't. Once again, it's not my enough. core, my core doesn't yeah. stand up. The core doesn't stand up, and my elites. I don't have enough models. Right. So I'm always on the I'm always on the back foot on the defensive. Um, like I said, the other options were dwarfs and high elves. If you'd have had high elves, you'd have
1: had a, a hell of a time. That would be a much tougher matchup. Would uh, you have taken some of their bolt throwers? Maybe, but, you know, I'm, I'm probably hitting on fours, maybe fives through forests. Right. Wounding on fives, doing D3 wounds. I mean, right. it's well, not a lot of Well, the thing is with your,
0: with your bolt throwers, you really didn't take the penalty through the
1: forest because you could see... Because I could angle them. But you can angle You could see the Remember, top of the building. The high elf bolt throwers are 100 points each. These oh, are only 35. Oh, that's true. So, big difference there. I don't. I, that's, that'd be a tough proposition. I'd probably load up on Swordmasters to go with, you know, a lot multiple attacks. Uh, probably, you know, they old stand by a lore of life and do a lot of dwellers below to deplete your units before I got there. Yeah. That's probably that's probably what I mean, that's,
0: do. Yeah. So, I mean, because on the attack, yeah, the only option I had on the attack really was, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll play this one again sometime mm-hmm. and, and flip, take your orcs and my and my VVC, the, flip it mm-hmm. around and yeah. see, see how it works the other way if we get a chance. Because
1: uh, it was just it was fun, but it was almost a non-game. It was because time was definitely on my side. You right. know, it, it went from on paper, war machines not being a factor. Time is on your side, right? Because would be hard to move you strictly by assault. Once I loaded up on war machines, then time is on my side because I could sit there and lob rocks at the buildings.
0: Right, and it, as you did it, it was like those first couple turns you didn't get the hits, but when you did get the hit, I mean the thing only had two wounds on it in the middle. And then, boom, you hit it. How many wounds? Six. Okay, that one's gone.
1: The next one, boom, it had no wounds on it. How many did you do? Five. Five. Boom, it dropped. Game over. Um, So two war machines did all the work of the entire ten that I had. Now, what was funny was this game was we didn't... I mean, this game just didn't play like any other game
0: we've ever played. It was very odd. Because you had these two huge units of... Savage Orcs, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, they're each going to attack the two buildings. That makes sense. And suddenly your other two are going and willing to go off the board, and you're willing to throw hundreds and hundreds of points and take them out of the game for several turns to kill three Crypt Horrors. Right. Because you were worried they were going to get into your...
1: Into the War Machines.
0: Into your War Machines, and you wanted
1: to have every single shot you Mm -hmm. could have, which I understand. Well, the thinking there was, okay, I'll charge the one... Mm-hmm. And then I'll just devote all the other shooting at the other all one. All the other shooting at the other one, yeah. So if I get lucky and push, I'm, you know, I, it's not going to happen, but... Right. I mean,
0: it was just, like I said, It's it was really bizarre because the because of the fact that the only things that counted were the buildings. Mm-hmm. This game, I mean, Tundra... played of, like no other. No, I've never played a game like this. You pulled on the first turn your level four wizard. Did he have a ward save? Do you have anything?
1: He's, well, he's a savage orc, so he has the six-up ward save. Okay. And did you give him Shrunken Head or anything Uh, like that? No Shrunken Head. So that guy's got a six-up ward. But he has the Fencer's Blade, so he's weapon skill 10. Okay. And... Oh, he did have the Shrunken Head. Okay, so he had a five-up ward save. And what about your BSB? Who's running off on his own? He uh, has only the Banner of Eternal Flame. So he's got flaming attacks. Right. Oh, you know what I did? I have yet another character in here that I didn't even field. What? Another Savage Orc Big Boss with a plus two attack sword. Huh. Okay. So he probably would have gone in, I don't know. I don't what know what he but he's not even on the table.
0: Yeah, it was a very, I just, I can't even. And the thing is, I really, I took the bare minimum for my core. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose I could have taken a couple units of dogs. I could
1: have taken a few less skeletons or a few less zombies. See, the, the mortise engine was a big surprise to me. I didn't expect to see that at all. But I guess to boost your magic?
0: Yeah, to make sure that my magic was working. And with the pulse, I figured I could bring it out. And after turn three, I figured we'd know where things were going. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to keep shoving that forward and have the pulse, because it could start taking out your, even your war machines.
1: Right. Well, yeah. It would take a while for it to get there, but I suppose you could do that.
0: Well, I mean it moves 8 inches a turn plus mm-hmm. with Van Hels, I
1: was I would have been mm-hmm. within range in two more turns. See, that's the thing. I think the, your magic spells are really good, but there's so many things that you need to do, right, to, to devote. So you have to really manage your power dice there. Well, and like
0: I said, I I needed I needed to make sure that my magic went through because right. I didn't have enough to hold this building without mm-hmm. growing it. I, I don't know. I, it was I don't know. Maybe I took a crap list. Maybe no, I, either way,
1: in this scenario, it's 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 a tough matchup for the VC. Yeah, for sure.
0: Because, like I said, your defense would have just been so hard mm-hmm. that it would have been really hard for me to break it. And it's and like I said, it, having a heavy shooty army on the attack mm-hmm. really puts the defender at a really bad position, right? Because.
1: It's You need a minimum of strength five to hit. Well, yeah, you're hitting with way over strength five. Right. I, I think counter battery artillery is key, and that's something that you don't have access to. No, I don't, yeah. So. That was that was the thing. I took as much chaff as I could
0: take mm-hmm. in order to send it out after you. I mean, if I had dropped the mortis engine, I could have had a couple more units. I could have taken a unit of three. Like I said, Vargheists and maybe a couple mm-hmm. more of these small units of stuff to run out at you. The Mortis engine is a special choice, right? That's a rare. Oh, it's a rare? Yeah. Okay. But what else have I got in rare? I got Black Knights. I mean, I got Blood Knights. I got a Vargolf. Right. And Vargolf is vampiric. Terrorgeist. And I, can... I, I suck with the Terrorgeist. And what were they going to do? Scream at your warm? I could have screamed at your warm. Well, I there's think
1: there's... you could because you'll probably kill it. Yeah, all my war machines are leader six. Yeah,
0: I would have had to run him off way to a way to the side. He would have attracted all the magical attacks at him.
1: Uh, yeah, probably. Well, maybe. But to be honest, if I saw it on the board, I would probably ignore it and just try to shoot the, the buildings as much as I could.
0: I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, it was fun. It was really cool. But it was. It was a really weird game. It was. I think it was fun because it was a weird game. This reminds me of. Almost of a like a storm of magic campaign,
3: Hmm.
0: where you know it's it's not about your battle, it's not about who's winning the combat, it's about who's taking the fulcrums. Sure, and you have to really rethink your whole approach to the game. I think
1: reprioritize.
0: Yeah, everything. I mean, just I mean the fact that you, I mean, if you'd have realized how good your war machines would have been, would you have still taken those giant blocks of savage orcs? You could have taken a few smaller units and just rushed him at the chaff in all directions probably yeah you see what i'm saying like you didn't even need what i mean and a big block of savage orcs in an orc list it's like a one plus it's what everybody does but you don't necessarily need it in this scenario yeah yeah, even i mean even you who had this optimized 10 war machine list right like looking back at your list like i could have changed this and even made it better Mm -hmm. for the scenario because it wasn't
1: it wasn't necessary
0: Right, and you guys, I mean, the orcs really had the, the advantage in this one with all that stuff going on.
1: I did, but I, going into it, I, I felt like, oh, I, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. The seven turns, of shooting enough. I, well, yeah, but Jesus, come on. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I didn't know how it was going to go.
0: I didn't, I didn't come into this thinking, I got this down. I knew you'd have war machines. I knew that would make it close. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't even close. Yeah, we only
1: got through halfway through the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, on turn two, you destroyed the... The, the watchtower. Two or three, you
1: destroyed the watchtower. Turn two.
0: Yeah, uh, and then tur- top of four, you destroyed the other mm-hmm. building, and it was done. I mean, yep. so the way that this matchup went, it really threw it out of balance, but it was, it was, you know,
1: part one. Mm-hmm. Part so one of the campaign. So the idea here is the Greenskins came in and sacked the, the, the VC. What did you call it before? crematorium or zombie factory the factorum factorum. yeah totally sacked it yeah so that rolls over into the next uh which one was the
0: next scenario we were doing not the heroic last stand that's the third one isn't it we're doing the defend the hill is that i think it is defend the hill so let's say this we would be the defender then in that one yeah i get to be the defender again hooray and you get to have war machines hooray
1: or we could switch it up if you want to be the... Uh, if you don't need to be the defender.
0: Well, no. I mean, that's what we said, was if you won, I had to... I oh, had is to
1: it the, the one with the
0: 18-inch box in the hold middle? Hold the high ground. Ah. Uh, so this is the diagonal deployments. So this is what's going to happen on the next game. Um, you're attacking. I had to... Uh, so I had to pull a tactical retreat. My vampires and my necromancer lived. We all jumped on the corpse cart, yelled, Giddy up, you zombies! And we have we ran for the hills,
1: and that, that hill is key to this
0: game, isn't it? The player that scored the most victory points is the winner. The hmm. key is five hundred points for any side that commands the summit of the hill. And so let's and then there's a couple of bonuses. Once again, I only get seventy five percent of sure the points. So,
1: so hold, a, holding that hill is five hundred victory points.
0: Holding the hill is five hundred victory points. Yep. So that's about a unit's worth
1: of VP. Hmm.
0: And the side that commands the summit gets plus one to combat res all over the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with plus one combat res, but I'm still starting off. I've still got a list of
1: soft core. 18 I'm, I'm, zombies. And, right. Yeah.
0: And on this one, it's straight up fighting.
1: Right. <laughs> Which you're not going to want to do. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, but you—I I would expect you to bunker in the corner and send out a lot of again chaff units to delay me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, which you're going to get points for. Yeah.
0: And I mean, you only need—I mean, basically, you've got to win by to win. You've got to win by over 600. If mm-hmm. I can hold my hill. Right. So I got to throw stuff out
1: at you. What's what's the VC spell? I think it's the number six spell, where it's a vortex. Yes. Could try that. 15 point. I thought about that one even with this. Yeah, I, I was expecting it, to be honest. I thought about it. Because you're killing a lot of my guys True. on the way in. When you throw that thing, it's D6
0: strength 3 wounds per every rank. So I would have gotten D6 strength 3 hits on your war machines. Okay. Which, when it's not in combat, it uses the toughness of the war machine.
1: Correct. Right. Which
0: is like, what, 6?
1: Toughness, uh, I think it's 9 or. Might be no, six. can't be toughness nine. Mine are toughness seven.
0: Toughness seven. It wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't have done anything to them. Mm-hmm. And those were the things that I wanted to get. So
1: I figured sure. that's why I chose Raised Dead. Well, th- this next one, Hold the High Ground, on page four or two, should prove to be an interesting, a different game as well. Yeah, maybe not a fair game. No, <laughs> but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm still.
0: I'm kind of on the back foot here. But uh, hey, that's what happens when you got mm-hmm. a bunch of orcs just killing a lot of undead things. Uh, you got
1: yeah, a lot of low toughness, no armor things. That's got what a, they got like you to got hit.
0: you got a race that's born to crush and kill. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and so uh, here's a, in the Warhammer world, what do you think is more plentiful, Greenskins or Undead?
0: <sighs> What's more plentiful? Well, if Greenskins in the Warhammer world or anything like Greenskins in the 40k world you'll never get rid of them all because they're just spores <laughs> regrowth. Um, I mean, anything that dies, I can bring back. And if you kill it, eventually I could bring it back anyway.
1: So. so green skins can be brought back. Yeah. So I think that's the trump card. Yeah, I
0: mean if you think about it literally on the battlefield if I start summoning more stuff up, it could be your own units. Yeah. It's like when you read the Nagash book. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh in the Nagash when Nagash was fighting the Skaven, the Skaven were throwing for years
1: legions of
0: legions of Skaven coming after him and he just kept summoning it up. Back. Uh, uh, uh,
1: every anything that was dead, just so, bring it up. And so go after their greatest strength becomes their greatest weakness then.
0: Yeah. yeah. The more stuff you have if they, you know that's that's the problem with you face the undead. If you're looking right. at it from a from a cinematic point of view, everything I kill of yours, I don't just kill. It stands up and turns against you, right? Which, yeah, fourth multiplication there. But uh, you guys just get angrier and angrier,
1: and it right? <laughs> <Right. laughs> just keep chopping, grow more and more. Exactly. Hmm.
0: So, like I said, this was fun. It was a shorter game than I expected. Mm-hmm. It was, Like I said, I keep saying it was a non-game, and it kind of was.
1: Yeah, but again, this this scenario is not suited for the VC. So we'll see how the next two play out. But, you know, it should be interesting. You know, what we'll do next time is I'll play the, the High Elves to either take or defend the buildings. Maybe take them, because that'll be harder. And while you play the Dwarves.
0: Well, here's an interesting thing, and it's funny, because I'm sitting here, and I've been, th- I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and this has nothing to do so much with this particular game. But it's like, I always took Dwarves who so had no magic. Hmm. And then I got the VC and I was like, they got some cool-ass magic. Mm-hmm. I like playing the VC. Guy magic. They got no shooting. Right. I, I, you know, one of these days, I'm going to play an army that plays in all four phases. And then people are going to have to watch out. Because, man, I'm playing it where I, 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 I'm i getting a lot of draws. A bit of everything. You know, exactly. Yeah, Once yeah. I can do everything, I think I'm going to be playing at a much better level because right now, I think if I'd had a, the other phase,
1: it mm-hmm. would have been cr- really helpful. Well, you know that means uh, any of the elves, pretty much empire. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, What's, the, dwarves, other, I what's
0: the other army I got on my back burner? The demons. Once again, no shooting.
1: They have some in the um, flamers. Still, I mean, I got some not if I want to take. Sure. I
0: mean, if I want to take the var. You know, the ter- I got screams of banshees sure. and terror sure. guys too,
1: but it's not really not a lot.
0: A lot of shooting, yeah. You don't have so, a single bow available to you, do you? Not in this army. There's not a single one. Huh. Not as a special not for my characters, not anything. Wow. I've got Banshee screams and terror guy screams and that's, that's it. it.
1: Yep. Hmm. So I don't know.
0: But it was like I said, this was this was cool.
1: Well we'll see how the next one plays out. And we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll have to think of a cool narrative.
0: Yeah, we'll write this one up and uh, and get it going I think we've pretty much talked this one to death mm-hmm. It's weird, I was really expecting to have a little more to say But it's just so little happened We did a lot of movement And a lot of chopping up of little things
1: And a lot of shooting happened
0: and a, Yeah, and then buildings oh, fell down yeah. Buildings went boom. So I guess we'll go take a break, come back And uh,
4: probably wrap this up Okay, sounds good All right
0: You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks, urzasden.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. You got a model you don't want to paint?
4: Send it to Brian.
0: You got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at urzasden.com you won't be sorry welcome back to the garage everyone actually I'm here by myself We're gonna wrap up the show uh, finish it all off for you folks if the show seemed a little disjointed or out of sorts we apologize uh, we recorded this this is actually the fourth time I'm sitting down in front of the mic for this episode. Uh, we recorded it uh, out of order, different parts. Chris uh, was here for parts, home for parts. Actually, the reason I'm here by myself is because after Chris left last night, I got together this afternoon, all the different parts, put it all together, realized we didn't have a ending to the show recorded. So, <laughs> so I'm going to wrap this up real fast. Um, folks, we would love it if you could give us a review on iTunes, always helpful. Other than that, um, the three S's in podcasting, um, sponsors, shout-outs, and shirts. So if you want to help keep the show going, uh, we would always appreciate it if you take a look at the garagehammer.net slash store page, or else uh, shout-outs are always welcome. So that's about it. We're wrapping it up. We're going to be back in two weeks with the chicago civil war with our guest co-host jake murphy and quite probably uh we'll have uh Lizardman jeff from the circle city circuit stopping in to uh let you know what's going on with the circuit so folks thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you in two weeks
1: You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at TopherChrisU. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through david at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net, and you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.